Yo, 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 and welcome back to the Banter Boys podcast. My name is Sanji, with me is Ross and Ryan and Robbie. How you doing, boys? Welcome, welcome, welcome. You know, I was really looking forward to like singing Champions, but uh, you know what? I will, I'm like, you know, like all of you are drinking something. And like I said, I'm drinking my own tears. <laughs> that was a very, very, very brutal final. But it's how it goes. I mean, you still won two trophies at the end of the day, right? Do you do you consider this season a success or a failure, though? Yes, I consider this season as a success. I'm not even like, there's no, there's no other way about it. This season was 100% a success. And we still get a parade tomorrow. I think they're still going to do a parade in Liverpool tomorrow. So that's fantastic. So. I wish I could go. Why not? <laughs> Just get on a flight tonight. And... <laughs> Just get on a flight tonight. Go there. Come back. You know, Just, that's how yeah, it well, goes. I, I'm only a train right away, and I'm yeah. No, I'm, I'm not going up for that. <laughs> All right. So so party tomorrow, Robbie. I'll I'll see you there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All it. right. Sweet. Robbie, how are you feeling after that game, man? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Madrid did Madrid things, didn't they? Is uh yeah, it was is a difficult one because they. It, you know, you watch the game and you look, oh, we've got loads of chances, but they're mostly like low quality chances aside from a couple. So, and then they bank, they, you know, they get a couple of good ones themselves and they take it. So, and then, yeah, that's just, it's just is what it is, isn't it? You, you don't, can't win them all. <laughs> yeah. No, but as Russ was saying, I mean, you know, it's been a brilliant season. I can't really, can't really complain. I mean, it started off a little bit dodge you know with van dyke sort of coming back looking a bit slow yeah. in that but for for you know to, to get this far was you know is brilliant like you know a few you know 10 20 years ago if i thought we'd be this good like christ I, I could never have imagined it so um yeah you gotta you gotta <laughs> take it when it you know, when you get something eh? so quick uh answers from all three of you guys uh i mean the first goal i want to say the, the the first ball that went into the back of the net um benzema um shot there was this big discussion about whether it was offside or not and apparently the rules say that it has to be an intentional pass by a liverpool player when benzema receives the ball um otherwise he's deemed offside or whatever i, I don't know i thought they were a bit unlucky or whatever, but I mean, and the rules are, I feel like, are so complex and complicated. Um, I'll go Ryan, Robbie, Ross. Um, what do you think? Offside or no? So, where I was watching it, I didn't see the replays too well. Um, I just listened to some audio commentary when they were going through the VAC decision, which took forever. And the commentators were so sure it was an onside goal, right? Because I think it was Fabinho played it onto Benz, right? Um, but then I saw in another chat with Caleb, shout out to Caleb, who <laughs> I see you have your notes, so I'll, I'll leave that yeah, for later. Yeah, do the shout out one time. Do you know? Okay, yeah, yeah. So Caleb is one of my boys from high school, and he recently got his call up to be an assistant referee at Qatar, yo. Yeah, crazy. Bow, 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 bow. So, That's fantastic. Man. Yeah, it's yeah, insane. I- it still shocks me that Caleb and I are Facebook friends that I've never met this guy. But you know what? Yeah, my friend too, you know? For sure. Um, for but sure. yeah, congratulations to Caleb for sure. A fantastic opportunity. And I'm sure he's like excited. Oh, yeah. yeah. He doesn't even play scrimmage with us anymore. Like risk of injury and all that. Oh, I thought he was too good for you guys. Imagine <laughs> I mean, wanting to pace that yeah, he, he has way more stamina than all of players. Us. Yeah, 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 100%. <laughs> um, no, but he said it was a difficult one. He said it was quite complicated because... There were two deflections and it's like 
kind of subjective if any was intentional or not. And he said in the end, he thinks it was a good call. But yeah, yeah, no, Robbie Ross. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I had no no clue about the actual rule or anything. But the um, they had a ref on on BT Sport at halftime, you know, explaining it all, and as you know, just as um, as Ryan explained, and obviously the Real Madrid player had played it forward. It deflected a couple of times off the Liverpool players to, you know, to keep going forward. So it seems like it was the right decision. So, you know, <laughs> lucky whichever way it fell, to be honest. True. But yeah. Yeah, I think there's another part of that rule that people usually forget. It's that it's two players have to be behind the ball sure, when the ball's yeah. played. And everyone forgets that, like, goalie is almost always that one player. But in this scenario, it was like Robbo, Van Dyke, and then Allison. Yeah. So I like in positioning wise, he was like his foot was you can clearly see like Van Dyke was like a few a few uh, feet ahead of the line and Karim Benzema's foot was like kinda on the line and he was just right in front of Robbo. So that stuff, but I didn't even know that's the reason why they were taking so long the commentary I was watching, the uh, like the commentators just went like, he's a yard offside. I don't know why they're taking so long. And they were just kind of, you know, they took like whole two minutes or whole like to kind of decide that. And I was like, yeah, why are they taking so long? The commentators still feel pretty assured. But I guess it's a difference in commentary because Ryan's saying that like, you know, the commentators were like, oh, no, it's onside. It's onside. Whereas the commentary I was listening to, they were just saying, no, it's. I don't know why they're taking so long. It's offside, but I was like super nervous during that like minute and a half. I'm like, what are they doing? They're gonna give the goal against us. That's how it works, you know. Uh, of course, they're like you know favored Real Madrid or whatever. But yeah, I think it was the right call. I think you can't judge a deflection as an intentional kind of yeah. pass towards the back. So that's if that if, if that's what it kind of comes down to. Like yeah, then that's how the rule should be interpreted as so yeah it was a good call at the end yeah i mean listen you you guys dominated that first half completely um you really should have been two up in the first half alone right um i think that's sometimes ross we talk about it all the time right you need a little bit of luck to win the champions league and i think madrid had their luck uh tonight for sure oh by the way we're recording sunday night right after the champions league i forgot to mention all the time when were you the date that we're recording but whatever you know (laughs) saturday night you mean it's oh yeah, it's it's past midnight for us. It's it's Sunday. I look. Yeah. At my bad, my bad. Yeah, yeah. Depends on which part of the world you are, right? Right. Um. So before we move on from this topic, though, I think we can all agree, Courtois, man of the match. Oh, Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um. Ryan, I'm gonna give you the floor for a quick second. Um. Milan, Serie A champions yeah. again. You must be ecstatic because, I mean, we've kind of DM'd about this secretly. I mean, in, Inter Milan has a little special place in my heart. So yeah, yeah. we have a little bit of rivalry. We've been talking about Serie A every now and then. How, how does it feel, man? Zlatan has brought the trophy back. I mean, it's not just that. But yeah, it's, it's, it's good. But also concerning because they're going to crash out of Champions League probably. It's <laughs> going to be kind of similar. I think they're going to... A few players are going to get poached, probably. Um, but you know what? Positive signs. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm glad you guys gave Tomori a trophy. That, that's Yo, the only he, positive he thing. Yo, he kind of made so. the sofa score uh, team of the season, huh? Not surprised. He's a good player, honestly. Yeah. I, I, I always rated him. The thing is, he had his bad moments as well, and you know, sometimes um, top 
flight football is like ruthless like that, right? Um, True. You got to almost be perfect, which yeah, it's it's hard to be. Um, so now we'll move on to quickly talk about EPL. Uh, I mean, I, again, I'm sorry to like keep shitting on your parade guys but <laughs> man city wins the title on the last day um I, i'm not sure like it was a, it was a lot of drama i don't know where, where were you guys when you were watching um the final day drama ross i'll go with you first i was not watching until i checked the score on the 75th minute and villa were winning 2-0 and liverpool were drawing 1-1 i checked for a five minutes and in that five minutes was City's comeback and Salah had just scored at the end and I'm like I'm gonna switch off the score and the <laughs> TV now and I'll check in about 15-20 minutes I was also playing the my like my fantasy final too so those were really close I was like man and like the main reason why I wasn't watching wasn't like I had a lot of work to do and if I ha- if I was focusing on this I would get none of this work done so mm-hmm. I was just like I would just be check constantly checking the score, like you know, watching the game or whatever. So I was like, okay, I'll just put it away and then see what happens in about two hours. And you know, sometimes it goes your way, sometimes it doesn't. Like yeah, like I, if it was like a city route, like five nil, six nil, I would have felt okay with it. I was like, we were never in a position to win anyways. But the fact that like they got it up to like 80, 85 minutes and then they took it away from us, I'm just like, it just hurts that little bit more. We, me and United fans were talking about how this was kind of similar to the Aguero and like, you know, like 10 year anniversary sort of stuff, but like obviously like five minutes before and whatever. But yeah, it's, it's how it goes, right? We went up against the, the, the best team, what I think is still the, the best team in the world, toe to toe and only lose by a point. So like, yeah, yes. bigger picture things. I'm okay with it. Such an honest employee. I'm sure your boss is <laughs> loving listening to this podcast. Uh, Robbie, um, what about you, mate? How was final day for you? Yeah, yeah. Well, it was a bit hectic from three to four, getting all my fantasy teams together. But yeah, the, oh, God. It was just, like Russ said, if, if, if City hadn't have conceded those goals, you know, I, I wouldn't have been so stressed, to be honest. I was like, you know, it was like, come on, you know, let's, let's actually make something of this. Um, but yeah, no, as soon as they scored the third goal and made it 3-2, I was like, oh, we're going we're gonna to get the winner now in our game, aren't we? Because the pressure's off. And yeah, it just happened, didn't it? So, what, you know, what are you going to do? Like, at the end of the day, it's, that was, you know, that wasn't the game where we lost it or won it or lost it or anything. It was, you know, further back in the season. So, yeah, especially the first half of the season. But, but yeah, it's, um, it is what it is. Yeah, City, City were the better team overall, I think, over the season. So, fair play. All right. Uh, so now I'm going to ease off the pain mm-hmm. a little bit. I think we'll move on to the next segment, which is players of the season. Um, so, Ryan, I'll start with you since you didn't get a chance just now. Um, KDB, player of the season. And I, I don't know if this is confirmed or not, but is Foden actually young player of the season? The EA young player of the season. I thought he was. Oh, was he? I didn't even see it. Yeah, if they announced I've the trophy heard that, that as well. I didn't check to see or confirm, but I thought I thought they did. Probably did. I wasn't sure about that. Um. Oh well. Yeah. Okay. It's on Wiki. So everything on Wikipedia is true, right? Um, of facts. Um. <laughs> so, uh, Ryan, quick thoughts on this. Um, KDB, for sure. But I do not agree with Phil Foden. I don't agree opinion. with KDB. Sorry. Interesting. Bowen what, what are your thoughts on that? Hands down. No, no one is even close. Who? Bowen. Interesting. The consistency That's very, from very Bowen was the entire season. He carried West Ham yeah. to where they are, and yeah. KDB wasn't there for half the season. You can't basically 
come in, take over the easiest role. I mean, not easiest. He does it with such grace. He's an excellent player, fantastic. But like Bernardo Silva is doing his role just as well as he was, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, fair shot. And then people just um, thought Bilva dropped off, but it's really just Bilva had to play a different role. So, yeah, uh, and I guess same thing. A young player of the season. Oh, I, I don't think I'd give it to Foden no. at all. Saka What's the cutoff Trent. for the age? Um, for that? I think it's twenty-three. Twenty-three. You have to be twenty-three at the start okay. of the season to be to qualify for it. So technically, Trent yeah. qualified for the young player of the season. Yeah. Um, arguably in the same conversation as Mount and Saka. Saka exactly. yeah. But like it, 100%. It, yeah. It's oh. like how Kane won it a few years ago, even though like he was like 24 when he won it, yeah. but he was 23 well, when the season Take Trent started. out and Saka for me, comfortably. Saka same. Yeah. I think, I think for me, yeah. it should have been Saka, young player of the season. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think I, I, I agree with your point of view about Bowen, um, but I, I also think yeah, KDB had a fantastic end of the season. I mean, arguably, you could even give it to Youngman Son. He had a fantastic yeah, season. Yeah. Ends up as tied Golden Boot winner, right? right. Um, I want to say he was somewhat consistent throughout the entire season. Even when Kane was shit, he was helping Spurs, mm. you know, as being the only sort of goal scorer in that sense. Um, yeah. Yeah, true. Uh, okay, so finally, man of the season. I think we're going to have a little bit of a... <laughs> debate here Russ because I, I told you I like you know earlier in the week or whatever I don't quite agree with the decision you're going to clock so I for me it was either Jurgen Klopp or Patrick Vieira I think a bunch of people had uh, Crystal Palace to kind of f- be fighting for relegation and the fact that they were if not top 10 pretty close to top 10 right like you know massive turnaround of kind of where that club was last season to kind of where it was now but like, but I'm trying to like not put my bias on it. But like Liverpool's, everyone had like only only like three or four people pundits had kind of put Liverpool in the top four, and they had no one. Maybe one of them had put them in the top two, right? But like Liverpool weren't in it. They came back and like you know went toe to toe with Manchester City, were clear kind of title favorites with Manchester season for like maybe barring like a like a couple of weeks. Right. Like I think like in January, there are 14 points down and they were able to kind of take it to that last day. They're able to take it to like that last essentially that last 10 minutes. Right. So I think based off that and like so the, there's two awards that he won. He won the EA uh, manager of the season and he won like the League Managers Association, which is voted by like the league. Like I think it's not even just the Premier League, but it's like the EF, all of EFL and all of like English football. And like he was like a clear favorite. I can't remember what the breakdown of the votes was, but he was like a clear, clear number one on why he had won and why like they chose him as manager of the season. So uh, uh, that's Robbie, my, that's my bias. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Robbie, what about your bias? I mean, another Liverpool fan, do you really agree that Klopp deserves that trophy? <laughs> it deserves maybe. Uh, it's sort of a, it's a difficult one because it's a bit subjective, isn't it? Because personally, I would have gone for either how or maybe Vieira um just yeah uh but I, I guess if if you're if you're counting all the you know the cup runs into it and all that then maybe you you give it to him but I, I think it's the expectation because obviously you know the previous year it went down because of it it went down um you know with us struggling a bit and only just getting the top four but 
that you know I wasn't looking at this season going oh we're, we're going to struggle again I was looking Van Dyke's back so everything's you know back to normal you know we should be we should be that good so for me the expectation was there so I probably wouldn't wouldn't give it to him um but the job that eddie howe did taking over from steve bruce which was an absolute mess um for me <laughs> was just like you know i think what i don't know what their their form was since he came in but he was you know somewhere up in like sixth or fifth or something crazy so that yes for me that's that's a huge turnaround and they, i mean they obviously had a couple of you know decent signings in january and gamaris was the the only really standout one um but yeah to do what they did was a uh, Personally, I thought was was it was really 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 good. So he would he would be my vote. <laughs> yeah, I I completely agree with you. I think Eddie Howe deserves it. I believe Newcastle were what in nineteenth when he took over, um, and they're game, sitting right? comfortably. <laughs> Part hadn't won a game right or one or something. So yeah, 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 yeah. I d- I don't think they had won any games at that point in time. Um, and then they ended up uh, comfortably in 11th. So, uh, I mean, yes, he had a bit of money to spend and whatnot. But I, I think, honestly, he definitely deserved a shout. Yes, it's half a season as well. So it's hard to kind of judge all of that. Um, but we're going to get into that discussion a bit later. Ryan, quickly, your thoughts on who deserves it? Dean Smith, hands up. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of quite the opposite. <laughs> I think Thomas Frank deserves a shout. Like, no one expected much from Brentford, right? Uh, They had a solid opening to the season. They had a solid closing to the season. It was just a bit in the middle when Raya got injured. It was a bit iffy for them. But I don't think that's a solid performance for any newly promoted team, really. Yeah, and I mean, we saw Raya um, being out kind of affected not only their defense, but their attack, right? I yeah. think there's talks yeah. about the way that Raya releases the ball immediately. Yep. Um, yeah, it, he st- uh, kind of starts a lot of their attacks and sitting above the likes of Aston Villa, Southampton, Everton and Leeds, like, it's no easy feat, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, Frank, Vieira, Klopp, all up there this season and Howe as well, but I am slightly not willing to give it to him because he didn't have the full season to prove himself. Yeah. Like his players were already motivated to stay up when he got it. I mean, I'm are we not gonna mention that like Newcastle had like a multi million yeah, buyout exactly. and hence was the reason why they were in a much better position for the second half of the season? Like like it wasn't just that like he took the team from Steve Bruce and turned that team around. It was the fact that they had the signings of Kieran Trippier, Chris uh, Chris Wood, Madi uh, Target, and Gumierish, and Madi Target, right? Hey, Dan hey, Byrne. don't forget Big Re- Dan Byrne, exactly. Re- I'm like, come yeah, on. Yeah, Dan Byrne. <laughs> Reborn. So, yeah, like, they basically... Yeah. <laughs> they basically, like, replaced that entire spine of that mm, team. Yeah. And then, like, you know, like, I don't know. Like, for me, it's... If, if he took that team and then, like, saves it from relegation, and even if they finish 15-14, I'd give him a lot more... Like confidence, but like they had a like a multi million pound buyout and that punt a bunch of cash that was kind of pumped into the team. For me, that's like you know, it's kind of like you're rewarding money like over like you know just other successes. Agreed. So yeah, and they brought the better Bruno. All right, so <laughs> now we'll quickly move on, guys. Um, so what we're gonna do now is social plug Russ we gotta promote ourselves you know oh, yeah. try to hustle a little bit remind people how they can share our podcast how they can listen to us all that jazz do your thing 
So you can message us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at BantaB. On Discord in the DraftPL channel, BantaBoys, hashtag 6585. And on Reddit, you forward slash Banta underscore boys. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, YouTube, and much, much more, all under the name of Banta Boys. All right. So if this is your first time listening to the Banta Boys podcast, welcome. We cover everything Fantrax related. So typically how we do those things is that we have two halves, right? In the first half, we usually use like data dump scoring categories. We discuss them, how players have done, but it's the last game week of the season. Season's done, so we're going to do things differently, right? So in the first half, we're going to just see how our seasons went, right? Um, what we achieved, what we didn't achieve. Um, we'll go through some Twitter questions and recap what our predictions were at the start of the season. Then we will take our halftime pint. And then in the second half, we're going to do a bit of a discussion, run through all the teams, the ones that are still in the league at least, and just, you know, run through some interesting stats, some trends, etc. Um, and then we will wrap things off with our end of season awards. And Ross, you've got a little fun thing planned at the end as well, right? Yep. Yep. Nice. All right. Some team of the season stuff. Yeah, you know, just yes. have oh, fun, enjoy I, I the thought, ride. I thought it was going to be a surprise. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the way you explain it is going to be a surprise. But you know what? Just yeah. enjoy yeah. this week's episode. It's going to be a lot different. And I think we're going to have a lot of fun. So let's get started, boys. Ay, 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 ay. Fantasy. With the Banta Boys. I guess we should start with our guest, right? Um, that's that's usually like manners or whatever. Um, Robbie, do you want to start us off? How did your season go? What were your achievements? Um, I feel like we should end with him because I don't know if anyone's going to be able to stand up to what this guy achieved this season. <laughs> yeah, cheers, Sanjay. Yeah, yeah, no, I had a good one. Um, I'm, I'm in three draft leagues, so my home league and a couple of the community leagues, um, the Genie League and the draft. Uh, DPL Community League with you, obviously. Um, but yeah, and I'm, I managed to win them all. So, sorted. I think your biggest achievement, though, is winning our DPL Com League on 69 points. Oh, okay. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that was the... To be honest, like, the Home League was, you know... Like it's it's not as competitive. Let's put it that way. So yeah. that's not the you know the biggest um, win it win out there. But but yeah, no the genie league. I, I you know I absolutely I scored a ton of points there, and um so I, I felt like that I'd I'd earned that one anyway at least. Um even though it, it actually went down to the final game and I basically only won it by my fantasy points total. But in the community league, like we were all so close. Like um, you know with with you Sanjay and with uh, with Ibi just like right up close there and he scored a, about a couple hundred more fantasy points than us in total or something and you were you were like one ahead of me so you know we're literally, <laughs> yeah, we're literally talking like you know <laughs> like nothing basically so um yeah to finish to finish a couple of points ahead of you was um like it's just luck by that point isn't it so um yeah here's what it is I'll take it <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got the special skill of being able to choke at the end of the yeah, season. Yeah, you did choke all massively. About that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I yep, massively yep. choked. Yeah. I really should have ran Always away with the Always a finalist, league, never a yeah. winner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, just keeping everyone on their toes, keeping things interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's you know, it. As I, as well, I, I was do. looking back, and at game week twenty, I was four wins behind you. 
So yeah, yeah. I managed to turn that round by five wins. There you go. Yeah, I, I saw your analysis. <laughs> I was like first in the league for like what eight game weeks towards the end or something mm. like that straight yeah. and like people kept underneath me kept losing kept losing i'm like what the hell's going on like i was talking to ryan about it all the time i was like ryan i'm losing but i'm still first i don't understand what's <laughs> going on baby. Uh, um but yeah my congratulations i think you definitely deserved um a lot of um what you've achieved this season especially coming out with those secret secret picks like matip um holding <laughs> him the entire season as well i think like Having made picks like that is definitely, you know, signs of a champion sort of thing. Um, you say that. My draft Ross, wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? We, we always talk about this on the pod, right? You can have a terrible sure. draft, but I think, honestly, yeah. you can win every game week by just streaming players. Yeah, I, like, yeah no, I, I do agree with you. I just thought my draft here was just like... Just it was just crap. Like, I, just, I, I, have, I think I think our league was so competitive because it was so equal. I mean, in a lot of ways, yeah. like anyone could beat anyone, yeah. which allowed me to potentially win rather than it being a sort of a yeah. Because if if someone had got their draft right, yeah, maybe if Andres had drafted drafted Salah and Bowen. You know how how do you, how yeah. do you not win your league when you've done that? To be honest, but anyway. Yeah, I mean the likes of <laughs> Ibi owning Kane, Son, Diaz, Coutinho, yeah. Manny Cash. What? Yeah, how do you how do you not win your league like that as yeah. well? Andy Robertson as well. Like he was massively stacked, right? He, I mean, like Robbie mentioned, he ended up on like the highest um total points yeah, yeah. scored or whatever, right? Um, but you know we've heard from like dra- the draft society. Shout out to those boys. Like I heard Ryan in their uh, podcast scored a fuck ton of points as well i think like yep. 400 500 above like the guy who won it right yep. so at the end of the day it's about just winning your head-to-head games yeah and right? i think so. i think in this season as well because we've had all the postponements all the doubles all of these sort of things it just the disparity but in luck and in, in all these things and how much fancy points against you can have is was huge like absolutely massive in comparison to normal seasons which can still be bad you know <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 and it, it does come down to a lot of luck where you end up on those double game weeks or blank game weeks as yeah. well right like you can't you can't plan for that shit sometimes games just disappeared in the middle of a game week as well right i remember leicester they had to call yeah. off a game during the game week imagine all the managers that would have planned for that game week as well yeah, right and you can't make changes after a team has played their first game etc like the season was absolutely brutal so i mean i don't think managers should be too hard on themselves just take a lot of lessons learned and move forward and like ross says have fun yeah, right 100%. and speaking of ross ross how was your season mate how did things go so i'll start off with the lows so i was in i was in two leagues this season so i was in the band boys league and my og my home league in the band boys seasons i finished third but crashed out of the first round of the playoffs so i'm like okay all right but in my og league and like uh, as i said earlier I did win. I did finish on top of my group, uh, on top of the league. So finished first there. Uh, my goal was also to finish on sixty nine points because I claimed it on sixty nine points, and my goal was to lose every game after that. But sometimes, like you know, the managers are gonna do even worse than you. So <laughs> that's how it goes. What a, what a nice way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. And then I ended up. I went on to go win my playoffs. Right. So we have ten players in our league and the top six qualify and the top two get a buy in the first round. So I didn't play, uh, I only played like the, I guess the semifinal and the final. So I beat my semifinalists and then I beat my finalists. Uh, and I'm like glad because the person who I could have gone up against in the final, I, I think, I feel like I got 
the lucky side of like the bracket because I had like an easier draw, whereas my opponent had a much difficult draw. And like, you know, even though it doesn't like, it's not going to like, 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 you know, make your team tired or whatever. He took out the team that had, uh, and if, if like the original team was there in the finals, like, so it was Natun and Niraj. So Natun, Niraj beat Natun, but if Natun's team was in the final, he had Kulusevsky, he had Sun, he had Rafinha, he had JWP. Basically, all his players, we did like a, he had like Bruno G. So we did like kind of like, and Bruno G would have been like his lowest performing player for that game week if had he gone to the finals. So, you know, Gigi Niraj for beating, uh, beating, uh, Naton and then like Gigi for losing to me. So, <laughs> so d- and we have a couple of perks that we win mm. if you win on top of your league and stuff. So if you win your league, you get to pick your waiver wire, your your draft order. So where you are in like the one to ten, and if you win the playoffs, you get to retain a player. So I am most likely keeping Sancho, and I am probably gonna go like fifth. You're no, gonna wait. That's a that's a lie, right? That's obviously a lie. When, when you uh, own the I'm leaning of towards going first. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm yeah. going leaning towards leaning towards going first rather than going last. Um, and I'm almost. Almost certain keeping Trent, but I might be like, there's like a 2% chance that Saka might kind of be my decision too, because that's, but like, it's like 2%. And I'm obviously, almost obviously, if like, if I like, you know, if Trent's a Liverpool player, I always like to make sure there's at least one Liverpool player in my first two rounds and like, you know, Trent's that player for me, so... Well, I think one thing's for sure, Neeraj is never coming to me for advice again. Um, but uh, <laughs> we can move on to Ryan. Ryan, not the best season, but you know what? I think you recovered so well um, after your first season of Fantrax, especially, right? Yeah, so last season, I didn't even make it to the playoffs. And it was a 10-man league, top six made playoffs. I just, just missed out, I think, with a late season surge. Um, this season, it was... Quite the opposite. I placed second, so this is the Man's Boy League. Um, we upped it to 12 players, so it was a bit more competitive, I would say, with 12 less options to pick up. But I finished highest on points four. I finished second overall, on, and then similar to Ras, I crashed out first rounds of playoffs. I think all our top four seeds did, so I mean... <laughs> <laughs> it was just unlucky. Yeah. Um, it was crazy, man. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I finished point two five points ahead of Achim, who, who topped the league, but I had point two five more points in points four. Interesting. It was that and close. he had probably one of the most stacked teams that I've ever seen in any league as well. Yeah, Mo carried him a lot, yeah. but yeah, he still had a yeah. very stacked team in the end. And well, yeah. our final game week was him versus me, and he won it, so that's why he finished six points ahead of me. Ah, okay, but had okay, I won, okay. I would have beaten him on points for. Yeah, fair enough. Well, I mean, there's always next season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so my season, I don't know whether I should be proud, disappointed. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> I, I definitely like like we like we mentioned earlier i should have i feel like i should have won our dp dpl com league um uh, having been on top for so long um even though i won my final game week i kind of needed robbie to lose but robbie decided to double his opponent's points for some reason <laughs> r.i.p ben um good effort mate but never bank a manchester united defense you should have learned your lesson by now um yeah so i finished second overall um second in points for still made a bit of money broke even just over i think just a bit um so i'm okay with that you know no money lost um sunday league uh i lost in the final game week it didn't matter though because i lost in the semifinals as well finished fifth overall um in points like in the table and points for it was a bit of a tougher league that was a league that jacob had dominated like absolutely dominated making trades left right and center so there was basically, like, no one to really go and get, right? I mean, even when he had his stack squad, he still tried to get TBB and JWP for me. I think that was my biggest success, being able to hold on to those two assets and telling him to suck it every <laughs> fucking week. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, perfect 11. Not a lot to boast here. Um, I think it kind of ended up being a bit of a flop for all of us. Though, one of us came in the top two. And it wasn't Ryan and it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> Ro- Robbie, what happened, oh, mate? Man. You just fell short, My eh? team absolutely shat the bed, didn't it? Um, yeah, I was top going into the final game, and yeah, I just... Oh, I, I didn't get anything right. <laughs> but, but, you know, it is what it is. It was, it was nice to be be up there and nearly get it. And I I, I also missed out in the uh, the Perfect Eleven shootout as well, which was... Uh, yeah, um, I, I was second oh, in that one, and basically I think I got pretty much the same... Um, score as a guy who was top so it was only like 10 points 10 oh, points no. behind in the end so yeah is what, was it that, is what was it is was that $5 buy-in one uh, no no well yeah that one I, I think I came 10th in that one but um, okay. yeah that was the, the final day um, like one one game week shootout um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you yeah, know this was the the other one where so basically through the season they'd done like the um, the perfect 11 was like you know the first 10 game weeks or so right then the last so if you come in the top 10 then you qualified for the last um, ah yes the, okay I remember now yeah yeah so um, this was that one and so I came second in that second in you know <sighs> always the bridesmaid never the bride right <laughs> um, yeah. hey i love being a bridesmaid which is how about um I, I think honestly strategy for next season um robbie you just decide the picks ryan and i will copy, copy exactly. you until the final game week yeah. and then just go different whoever wins we'll share the yeah, money that's boys it. that's well thing, i, I right? did say to um to to draft led I'd, I'd share the uh share the load in terms of the um the perfect 11 articles for the draft say next year so there you go perfect <laughs> yeah mate you kept smashing it every fucking game week i, I, know, I didn't right? even understand it like it was it was ridiculous absolutely ridiculous all right boys um so congrats on your seasons i think all of us achieved a lot this season um but now we're going to move on to the next segment the twitter questions that we got from fans and listeners <laughs> So, Ross, as usual, I'm going to let you run the handles, run the questions, and uh, yeah, we'll just take a crack at answering them. Sounds good. So, I guess, do you want me to direct the questions to someone, or is it like, um, just like free, free for, for all? Free for all. Whatever you want. You can run <laughs> okay. this segment, buddy. All right. <laughs> all right. Okay. So, we've got we've got a bunch of questions. I think a bunch of questions came from like today and stuff. So, because there's only like two until this morning and then yeah yeah, yeah. then i started whoring myself out on twitter <clears throat> yeah <laughs> basically so the first question we have from uh 
Fantrax Mourinho at Mourinho. By the way, have you seen that video? I, I don't know. I really I see this on my Instagram all the time because this person's name is Fantrax Mourinho. It goes like, I am Jose Mourinho. And it's like, you know. <laughs> oh, we should have talked about Jose winning another European trophy, bro. Man's got the full yeah, set. The on, only, he, and he parked the Roma bus today. It was like, did you see that video where he parked that Roma bus? Oh, did he, he was actually, like, literally park the Roma yeah, bus? Yeah, he, <laughs> that he is literally parked the Roma bus. Uh, another ex-Chelsea player getting a trophy, um, right? Yeah. Hey, respect, respect, <laughs> respect. <laughs> Trina. <laughs> okay, so first question we have from Fantrax Mourinho. Can't wait. Can't wait to listen to the pod boys. Quick question. Looking back, were there any players you didn't pick up from the waivers or trades that you regret? I'll throw this one to Ryan and then Sanji and then Robbie and then we'll go from there. So, okay, there was a huge blunder by me in game week one. I had like, I can't remember who it was, but someone who probably just didn't start. I probably pegged them to start and they didn't. It was a mid. So I needed a replacement mid. I grabbed Conor Gallagher, free agent pickup, and I was like, because he's starting, right? I dropped him. And then I grabbed El Yunusi, free agent pickup, dropped him. And then I grabbed all Brighton in the end. And each of them scored that game week, I think. I think, Ras, you ended up picking El Yunusi up. And yeah, for a bit, yeah. Someone, I think it was Kyle, grabbed Gallagher, and that's when Gallagher scored a brace. And I was just like, oh, this is just going to be bad. But. Other than that, I think there were like very few people I didn't I had regrets on. It was like I picked up Trippier at a point. He didn't start the first game, so I just dropped him. But luckily, unfortunately for him, but luckily for me, that pain didn't last too long. He got injured like four games in after scoring every single damn game. Um, I'm trying yeah, to I agree with Trippier. I let Robbie pick him up for zero fucking dollars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that was painful. Well, the rest of the it league like did a, too, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, they did. It was like but I felt, I, I, I felt like personally responsible for some reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, you didn't you have some fab? <laughs> yeah, I yeah. did. And I was just like smashing a zero down, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, but yeah, yeah, Ryan, continue. What were you saying, man? No, I was um, trying to remember trades. I don't think I did anything too drastic. I think I'd let go of Ben Rama early on to try and get Jota and Jesus. Oh, I do regret dropping Jesus at some point of the season. And then he was he was just not starting, right? And then he came back with a bang. It was like that four or five goal haul or whatever it was. But yeah, not not, not that many regrets. Yeah, I I, th- I think the same here. Like, I don't have too many regrets. Maybe I think the, the only one that really keeps coming to mind is buying Lukaku for 100 fab. <laughs> like, my entire budget just gone. Poof. Like, um, maybe I think one would be uh, spending... I think, Robbie, you were in this league. I spent, I think, what was it? 55 fab on Tyranny? Oh, yeah, I remember at that. At the time? Yeah. I might have... I might have overpaid for him, definitely. I think maybe if I spent... (laughs) Maybe a bit, you know? A little bit. Um, Maybe like 30 fab I I could have gotten away with. But at one point, I remember when um, Arsenal were just chugging out clean sheet after clean sheet. I had Tierney, Tomoyasu, and Ramsdale. And that honestly propelled me up the league. Um, Like, 
yeah, it was just getting me win after win. Um, so I don't know. In hindsight, maybe it was bad because then Tierney got injured as he usually kind of does and became a dud towards the end of the season. But I, I can't think of anyone that I would have really missed out on, I want to so, say. Um, Robbie, over to you. Yeah, so sorry. wait, Sanjay, before you switch it over, um, yeah, you also had Saki in that same Arsenal stack, right? Yes, I did. And yeah, yeah. I traded him for Sar right, to Tash. Exactly. So, yeah. like, flip that trade around. And yeah. That manager yeah. is just shooting themselves in the foot. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. That, I, I definitely owe Tash a drink or two. A few. That was yeah. just, like, <laughs> instant regret. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I got a decent trade off Tash as well, actually. Okay. <laughs> so, so that's Sorry, mate. Tash, can you join our league next season? I love you. Bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we um, what we did one at the start of the season. I um, I got Mane in for um, uh, hundred fab basically, and and I gave him Harvey Barnes as well. So yeah. Wow. So, uh, nice. Wow. Yeah. So that was like right at the start. Okay. He was going for Ronaldo. So you know. Yeah. Go get these things done. So, I mean, for for a, yeah, a player I didn't pick up from waivers um, that I regret. I think there was a couple I remember seeing, and I was like umming and ahhing, like um, probably Martinelli and and, and Gordon, because um, they were available for you know yes, for, for periods, and they you know were, were easily pick upable. <laughs> so um, maybe those are the ones. Um, uh, the, any tr- a trade I regretted. Uh, this was in my home league, so it didn't really matter at this point anyway, because I. Um, but I, I traded out uh, Adama, sorry, Saka for Adama and some Fab. Um, just because I, yeah, it's just before the Barcelona move. Because um, <laughs> I thought he was going to Spurs <laughs> and I thought it would be right. more fun. Um, I mean, at that point, I think I'd, I'd won the first, um, I think I'd won the first 17 games on the trot or something. So, it was, you know, it, it just got to the point where I was just doing stuff for fun. So, but it didn't feel like fun afterwards, let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah it didn't didn't help matters but anyway that that was a definitely a regret i i think one that i can think of just now that you're mentioning it is pinnock i feel like pinnock was available i told these boys about it boys go pick up pinnock and i didn't go get him myself and pinnock smashed it this season yeah absolutely smashed yeah. it ross what about you if you have to take a crack at the question i think for me like i somehow I remember being higher on the waiver wire order in January and I didn't get Kulusevsky. It was like, it like I don't know why I just didn't get Kulusevsky for some reason. I was like, whatever. I don't think he's going to start because he was on loan and whatever. So I was like, it's okay. I had Lucas Moore at that time too, which is a trade that I did. So I did um, Juan Bisaka for Lucas Moura. Both of those players turned out to be duds when after that trade. So that was kind of disappointing. In my that was in that was in the Bad Boys League. In my OG League, we did a trade for Kieran Tierney for Daniel Podence. And as soon as we did the trade, um Kieran Tierney got injured. So I I gave away Kieran Tierney. So I felt bad for the manager, but then like three weeks later Daniel Podence got injured. So like, you know, you know, you know, karma and stuff. And this was like right before playoffs and stuff. So I was kinda worried about that as like, you know, midfielders were hard to come by. But like in my OG league we barely traded. So like in my, it, I, this wasn't my trade, but early in the season, one of our managers traded away JWP for Trossard, Ooh, and just wow. like so that uh, yeah, that's rough. Nah, if I, if I if I ever get JWP, he's never leaving my team. I'm sorry. Like yeah. even and even there was, it was like though. I think, and it was like I think it, like two three weeks where JWP was like 
just yeah. not not doing much. And Trossard had been like kind of been in the team, but like Potter's teams are so weird because he thinks he's like like you know Pep or something. Like he has to rotate teams and stuff. So like he was coming in and out of te- like for the rest of the season, uh, he was like coming in and out of the squad and stuff. He was injured for a bit, I think too. But like. Like and then, but we really did see like the potential of Trossard had he played the whole season because he was like scoring in every game for like five games. So, like, yeah, true. It was just a matter of like timing and stuff. So, so I yeah. wanted to bring back up one drop you did, Ross. Uh, Jack Harrison. I think you lost your patience on him. Oh yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. I I completely forgot about that. I think as soon as I dropped him, he scores a brace the next. And this is, he was a free agent at this point, so no one had picked him up. He scores a brace, and then I had zero fab. So someone who had fab kind of picked him up. I did still put in, like, the waiver request for him. But no, like, yeah, as soon as I dropped him, he, like, you know, smashed it. But I still ended up winning this league and still won the, I still finished on top. So I'm like, uh, you know, you win some, you lose some. You win the big things, you lose the small things. So... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys love playing hot potato between each other, yeah? Ross and Ryan. Just <laughs> yeah, keep dropping yeah. each other, picking each other's players. Like, I got to come back into the league, man. Um, <laughs> all right. Fa- Fantrax Mourinho, thank you so much for your question. Let's move on to the next one. Yeah, next move on. Let's move on. So next question we have is from Fandalski. How important is trading to win your league? It would be inter- interesting to see if there are any league winners who have done no trading. Uh, Robbie, we'll start off with you and we'll go Sanjit and then Ryan. Yeah, sure. I, I think that's highly dependent on the league you're in, to be honest. Um, I'd imagine in the uh, the community leagues that we play in that that's, like, you need to trade to win. Like, there's there's you'd have to have some insane draft and, you know, be really on top of your waiver pickups because there's some sharks out there just taking, like, you know... You know like Genie, for example, who just like tr- trade and trade and trade, just ensuring that the value of their team constantly um, improves. So um, yeah, I would. I can't imagine there is one there. I mean, in my home league, I think there was only about like six or seven trades in total, and I was like part of three or four of them. So, you know. <laughs> um, but in the Genie league, I think I did about eleven, and then there was only how many? In I think I did. Uh, five, five in our um, community league, but two of them were you know, a bit more throwaway ones. So, yeah, it's um, it's it's doable, but it's probably unlikely, is is what I think. Yeah, I I mean, I well, I I didn't win any of my leagues this season, so I don't know if I can answer this question. <laughs> um, but uh, in in previous seasons in OG league, Russ, I don't like we barely trade in that league, right? When we used to play, so. No. I, th- I think you don't have to trade. Like, if you can get good value, then sure. But again, I still think that you can play the entire season doing um, FA moves, waiver moves every game week. Like, I've seen multiple game weeks where the waiver pool has outscored my own team, even though I've won my matchup. So, like, if you have, like, awesome superpowers like Robbie does in Perfect Eleven, where you can just predict when people do fucking amazing every game week, I think you can get get away without doing trades. Like, think of it as just trading with the waiver pool, right? Um, you're probably, most likely, sometimes going to get a better trade from the waiver pool than someone else will offer you. Like, managers are 
typically gonna like lowball you a little bit, right? It's it's very hard to get a fair trade. I want to sure, say. Sure, but if you're if you're really on top of your player value and you you get it at the right time and you can constantly get two for one trades going through, and then you know picking something else valuable off of the waiver wire, you're talking your you know your team like value goes up exponentially. It's, so yeah, it's. <laughs> The strategy is obviously like a riskier strategy, but if you're on top of your player value, it really, you know, you, you obviously had Jacob on the other day who's who's done this as well, and it it can you can really skew some leagues badly. And I know I know a lot of people yeah. are not a fan of trades because of this, but um, yeah, I think a few trades here and there are all, all good fun. And um, you know, something someone puts something in your inbox, and you're like, okay, fair enough, I'll go with that. Yeah, if, <laughs> you know, that if you're happen. ever in a league with Ben, Ben will yeah. send you a trade every game week. Never a dull moment with this guy. Sometimes he sends you like four for two, four for one trades, like some of the craziest shit I've ever seen in any leagues that yeah, I've been. Honestly. I was in a league with him last year as well, so <laughs> <laughs> like, like honestly, it's such a good guy. Yeah, though. Yeah, yeah, he's a good yeah, lad. Yeah. I just got so yeah, you get so many. It's all good fun though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Ryan, what about you, mate? Yeah, so like you, I didn't win any leagues this year, but um. The guy who won our playoffs, shout out to Manos, um, who Ras beat the season before. <laughs> he won, and I don't think he made a single trade. He he was also kind of late to the waiver wires, I want to say. But luckily for him, his season started off so weak, and then his I think his first pick was KDB. So expected when KDB came into form, his team picked up form, and his his free agent pickups pickups at the very end of the season were great. Um, I can't remember one. I'll just double check it. But when it comes to mine, it'll, it'll be like, why didn't I grab that guy? It was... <laughs> yeah, I think some of the solid FA pickups towards the end of the season would have been like Danny Welbeck or even last game week of the season, Callum Wilson. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. Um, if you if you could have like kind of timed these, like you you would have definitely had success um in the latter end of your season. Um, Ra- Ross, do you have any that yeah. come to mind? Yeah, again, like no, I like I mentioned, we did, I did one trade the entire season, and it was like you know I had some benefit over it for a few, like two or three weeks, but then like that player got injured too. Most I've heard is like managers in my league either value their players too high or they don't want to risk in case a trade goes bad. Yeah. And like you're just like okay cool like then I'm not there's no point of kind of like offering these trades and stuff right, um so yeah I don't think there were that many l- trades at all maybe even like less than like 10-15 trades overall throughout the season but you're right it's all about that waiver wire pick pick waiver wire pull I picked up Gordon towards like the like after game week thirty after game week twenty nine and like he absolutely killed it barring like one or two games I had Danny Welbeck in the last couple of games I had Alex Tellus. Uh, when even United were shit, he was still kind of getting points. Uh, who else did I have? I had Cucurella, who I didn't play for the last game, but I still had him. And he was on my bench, but he scored a goal and stuff too, right? So you're right. It's always you keep the core of your squad. And if you think there's something better in the waiver wire pool, then just go towards the waiver wire pool. And like almost always, like, you know, if you trust your instincts, and if you know just even a bit, like even looking at like averages, I think we've talked about this a bit. We look at like the last 14 days or the last 13 days and it gives you kind of good idea on like the form that they're in. And that's sometimes a good indication for players like, you know, Anthony Gordon, who were t- like, you know, gunning for that, like, you know, staying up uh, like Art Everton were gunning for like staying up top. 
Brighton were just in fantastic form in that last five, six games. And, like, you know, if you picked up Danny Welbeck, if he wasn't getting a goal, he was getting an assist. And even if he wasn't getting either, he was still getting enough points because Brighton were just playing really good football. So, like, being able to kind of pick out those things and just be like, okay, cool, like, you know, take a risk of it, you know. Doesn't work out, drop him, move on to the next player, and then kind of go from there. Yeah, awesome. All right, thank you so much, Vondalski, for your question. Let's move on. Next question we have from Draft Hash. Already come up in a podcast a couple of times, but nice to see a question from him too. Uh, uh, he's asking, uh, if you could pick your draft position for next season, which number would you go for? And what are your plans for the summer, guys? Um, I'll answer this question first because I'm in this exact same position. And then you guys can tell me if I'm right or wrong. And then uh, we'll go Sanji, Ryan, and then Robbie. So... Like I said, for winning our league, you get to, if you finish on top of your league, you get to pick your waiver wire or your draft order. And right now, I'm heavily, heavily leaning towards first because A, I really want either Sun or Salah um, and maybe even Holland, but like he's on like a, th- like a distant third. But also because I don't want to, um, I don't want to come into this scenario where I'm 10th and I'm like that. Uh, that like last waiver like the priority waiver wire even though we play with fab and then like kind of like you know go for a player like Ronaldo and like lose out on Ronaldo and like give up a bunch of my assets for that so to kind of avoid that whole saga I'm gonna stick with first and right now I'm sticking I'm like just considering between Sunar Salah and then that's kind of what I'm doing and then plans for the summers is just be able to play football outside more so yeah, nice. Nice. Well, <clears throat> How many people are in your league? Ten. Ten. First. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm surprised you didn't mention KDB. I I don't know. I I last couple of seasons in our league, everyone who has anyone who has KDB, just like you know, always is kind of finishing like last or second last. So it's I don't know if it's a coincidence or not, but and it is. no love Harry Kane either. Harry Kane would be like a fourth. And I just have a special spot. I saw Robbie's kind of face, like kind of grimace. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm and it's just like, you know, um, like I, I value him in the sense of like his ability to score goals, even though he is coming from like Bundesliga and stuff, but he's gone up against the Premier League teams a few times already and has performed pretty decently against, against them. So that's my only thing, but like I don't have any. It's just an anecdotal thing. It's not any like statistically driven decision. It's just one to say yeah, I, I like him. I like Holland. Yeah, it, it's interesting that you say that because I mean, a few pods ago you talked about Holland playing through pain, taking injections, all that stuff. Um, and again, you mentioned he's coming from the Bundesliga, which is another farmers league. Um, everyone had high hopes for Timo Werner. Um, and look how fantastic he played. I'm not saying Haaland is the same as Timo Werner, but at that time, Werner was one of the hottest things to come out of the Bundesliga, right? So yep, yep. throw in Pep Roulette as well. It, I think, honestly, if you have first pick in the draft, it's they're much safer, better options for me. Like I agree, Son Salah definitely up there. I still think KDB's worth a shout, especially if they have a number nine up there. Um, any three of these guys, throw in Harry Kane, I think you would take before Holland for me. Um, if I was in your position, though, I always like playing things a little differently, and I would probably go 
10th pick um, because you get the 10th best player, 11th best player in the pool. And if you're not playing with Fab, which not all leagues do, you get first priority, right, in the waiver pool for any new signings that kind of come in, that sort of stuff. So potentially even like, you know, the best player in the remaining duds, let's say, of people that aren't picked up or whatnot. Um or, you know, players that don't come in necessarily or, you know, players that we haven't foreseen are going to perform well after their first game week. At least you have, you know, first chance of, you know, the likes of like a Pinnock, that sort of thing. Right. Um, but yeah, that's just me. Um, Ryan, what about you? Yeah. So I hate going in like top two. I would rather let managers make the decisions for me. So I would pick like a fourth spot, but I know that's not the best. Like. Top three, I would guess, is like Salah, KDB, Son. And then to some people, they'll probably rate Haaland so highly that they might go in top three. But like, that's why I want fourth spot. So the decision is kind of made for me. I don't have to actually bank my whole season because I've done that before. Bank a whole season on one player and it just didn't work out. So I don't know. I think I'd pick like a fourth spot. But yeah, I like the tenth spot pick you suggested just because of what you could potentially get with it. But I find the gap between maybe sixth and ninth is pretty fast now. Yeah. I, I love that I love that you you set it up so that you can't blame yourself on being a shitty manager. Yeah, it's just that other yeah, yeah, people yeah. are better than me. Exactly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Robbie, what about you, mate? Yeah, yeah, no, it's, a, it's an interesting one cuz I mean, like, over at the draft society, we've been we put out a sort of a way too early top 50 consensus ranks the other day. And I I did it sort of more purely based on numbers and move things around a bit. Um and yeah, I, I've still got Salah top, and I think if you purely because he's not going to the World Cup, and I think if you want Salah and you want you want the guarantee of a you know a top top player, you one of those I think you probably go down to what about pick five maybe. Um, you know you got Salah, KDB, Son, Trent, Kane, um, something like that. Um, yeah. But there's a ton of value later on, like even if you're you know you're going in the sort of um at the you know the 11th 12th sort of pick um there's some real there really is some good value there so i think you you probably could do a good job by taking a later round um pick and you know you got guys like um mane might even fall that far saka even madison i mean they don't have any europe and they don't have the world cup there's all these sort of players that um, even Luis Diaz. I mean, can you imagine you get Mane and Diaz, like or something like that? You know, <laughs> um, uh, sort of in a, in a late round pick. It, you know, it could fall to you. Holland. I'm yeah. Th- there's too many question marks at the moment for it to be a. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, you went through most of them, but also his injury record. You know, is um, isn't brilliant. True. So it's just there's a lot of risk there anyway. Um, he he could be really good, and and actually the risk at some point becomes worth it, which I think is you know, around about the end of round one, maybe. But, um, yeah. It's, um, yeah. So I'm just waiting on your article on our Haaland, Robbie. Like, Sorry? That's when I'm going to yeah. assess Haaland <laughs> yeah, so, when you so, release your article on him. Yeah, so so what I did with, with him was, I think in the Bundesliga, he had about 18 points per 90 or something. Um, so I just projected him down to 16 and uh, 26 starts or something, and he fell out at, you know, 
like pick eight for me or something but i don't okay. know whether he'll end up there or not <laughs> um you know it's a it's all just subjective playing with numbers at the moment isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah but in in that in that kind of in his three seasons in the bundesliga uh or in within like other parts of europe it's like out of 34 games each season he's played about 22 to like 26 or 22 to 24 which is like you know a third of or two-thirds of the yeah. season right so you're essentially missing like are you comfortable with your top player playing mm. not playing a third well that's the season? thing with city assets and, isn't it like what if it's the latter yeah third? yeah because yeah. i mean you know you look yeah. at all of their assets like i mean how many how many games did foden start is like 24 or something yeah 24 Grealish, 22 mm-hmm. uh, mares 15 Christ, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, and even KDB's on twenty-five, and the only one that really stands out is Cancelo on thirty-six. And you know, for me, he's he's probably picks yeah. you know just behind those top five. Um, yeah. So it's yeah. yeah. I mean, do we really expect him to start more than twenty-five games? I, I, I would highly doubt it. Um, anyway, especially as a first yeah. season. Maybe you can make a bigger case for him if he has one season under Pep. But yeah, you're right. Like my, for me, it's like a personal <laughs> feat of getting him rather than like a statistical. But I a hundred percent. And I saw that thread on Twitter too, where you were defending someone was essentially shit talking Salah, and you were defending why Salah would be a much better number mm-hmm. one pick because he has the summer off. He does not have the World Cup unlike the rest of the your premier your elite players making him much more like you know yeah like you know we saw the po- pre pre afghan post afghan salah yeah. and yeah. we won't see that we might see that with other players but we won't see that with yeah. salah because he'll essentially be off for about 2 3 weeks yeah, yeah while exactly kind of playing the world you Cup, saw so. in 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 afghan as well he, he went four games 120 minutes like in, in the trot and oh, it's just it was clear that he was getting exhausted towards the end and you know even tonight like the guy and he did a couple of things really didn't he um so there's clear reasons for him to have that drop off and when you start to remove those reasons yeah. and he still you know was the top point scorer like nearly the top point scorer then you go okay this this guy is like clearly my number one no don't even have to think about it you know i mean it it, yeah. it does if, if i have to kind of argue for holland he do, he also isn't going to the world cup hmm. right oh true so, yeah that's why i've still got him in the top mm-hmm. 10 yeah um quickly before yeah. we move on from this question robbie summer plans oh summer plans uh well with two little ones it's a bit difficult um to, <laughs> to go anywhere abroad or anything so um yeah I, we haven't i haven't got any plans at the moment but um yeah just uh just chill out as much as i can really i got the, i got the next week off and um we got the uh if anyone's in the uk and um, we got the epsom derby so we'll be going going there the next weekend um on the saturday should be good fun hopefully win some money but I know nothing about horse racing, so probably not. <laughs> all good fun. Um, right. Oh, sorry. No, right, no, but... I said all good fun. It's more about the drinking, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the fancy dress. I expect a picture. Um, <laughs> Ryan, what about you? Plans for the summer, mate? Yeah, um, nothing concrete, but I'm supposed to be going to Canada to visit my brother at some point. Um, actually, it would be nice to link up with you too, Russ. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say... I don't know if we've met no, before I when you were in so. at Waterloo. No, but um, if you're in the Toronto area, link up. We'll definitely invite you and your brother maybe too for football nice, and stuff nice. as well. Yeah so, yeah, so walk with your boots for sure. My, my bro is in Saskatoon actually. So 
if I visit him, it'll be more doing like the Canadian Rockies kind of Alberta kind of trip. Yeah. yeah. Um, less Rockies, more like plains. Okay. More, yeah. Like just fields of grass and stuff. Uh, Robbie, Saskatoon is a city that's in the middle of nowhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we, we would have taken a trip out to Alberta, is what I'm saying. Like, we're going to spend like half a day in, in Saskatoon and then do a road trip kind of thing. It's like, I don't know, going to like the Highlands in like Scotland or something. Yeah, so I, I was about to ask Robbie, like, what's the equivalent of what you just described? <laughs> oh. Like, I assume that's where Tash is, honestly. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's funny you say that because I actually, I did grow up in Canada, like near uh, near Toronto until I was about six years old. But I, I okay. obviously have okay, no memory. Never mind, of, I didn't know that. No, no memory <laughs> in particular, but yeah, yeah. We were in, on, in Ontario near Niagara. Um, so yeah. Oh nice. Um, nice. yeah, but uh, that was a long, long time ago. <laughs> Lovely. Ro- Robbie's basically Canadian. Yeah, yeah. I got, oh, I got, yeah. I got citizenship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. sure if it still counts or not, but <laughs> my, my it, does, there, yeah. it does. It does. It does. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Lovely. Thank you so much for your question, Tash. Let's move on to the next one. Yeah, our next question is from Ryan Barnes. Uh, my league does this. You get the choice of draft position, base your place in the standings. So first picks gets wherever he wants, second gets next choice. So I have to figure out where I want to draft, usually determine where the drop-off is, and take the last spot. That's less of a question, more of like a discussion yeah, that, point. And we did kind of That was a response this. to Draft Ash's yeah. um, question, I think. In, mm-hmm. but, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Um, but... I can I can yep. read the next tweet too. Yep. So he uh, Ryan uh, Ryan Barnes continues to tweet. So if I think the elite players at the end of at players end at five, I pick fifth. That way I'm guaranteed an elite player, and then a second round a better second round pick. But every draft is different. Have to do some analysis and work it out. But I think that's kind of on the point on what you were talking about, uh, Robbie. On like yeah, like I think there's. Uh, not that big of a gap between what I would say Salah to maybe like Kane as my five, right? And with including Sun, KDB, and Trent. Uh, and when I was kind of talking about myself, I'm like keeping Trent, so I already have I have essentially two top five picks that I can kind of yeah. choose from for, or I I have essentially. So like hence for me, it's going it's better for going towards one than kind of going towards ten. But I think. I think that's a great way to kind of put it. I personally hate going middle of the pack because it feels like forever um, <laughs> when you're kind of doing that. And with one, you get like, or with one, or if you go 10, you get back-to-back yeah, picks. Especially in a live so draft. So for me, I always either prefer, th- yeah, yeah, I always kind of prefer those ones. Awesome. All right. Uh, thank you so much, Ryan, for your question. Let's move on to the next one. I think this one we got in our DMs. Yeah. So next question we have from, I've, I will butcher this name, so I apologize. <laughs> Al Patug. I think it is it Tur- um, is it at, Turkish? I'm not sure. I need to ask this guy where he's from. Um, but is but is, at <laughs> insert at uh, underscore ae. Yeah. Uh, is the handle. So the question is: Will Persic deal make Kulusevski less valuable asset for next season? Uh, what do you think about United targeting Darwin and? Uh, Frankie De Young, do you think both deals are possible? Uh, Ryan will go to you, then Robbie, and then we can end it off with Sanjay. So I'm going to answer the second question first. I don't know much about Darwin, so I just really like De Young, and <laughs> I think he'll do well in Prem. He could actually make the difference for United because they're so weak in the middle of the field, right? Um, the Persich and Kulusevsky thing, 
I I think Perisic is old now. I don't think he'll play that much. Like he's a good backup, but is Kulu even conf- like is he Kulu? So um, Perisic yeah. actually played at left wing back for Inter, so I don't think that's even. Yeah, everybody at all. Exactly. I saw that on our FPL Twitter. Yeah. Pretty much everybody was like, please classify Perisic as a six million defender. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he's kind of useless to us, and that's probably what Conte wants him as. So mm. yeah, yeah, I'm I'm not sure what to make of it. I guess it kind of depends on placement. Yeah. I imagine for Fantrax, because he was, you know, previously a midfielder who's moving into a, you know, wing back position, he'll probably be classed as a mid, but um, yeah, but we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll see at some point. Who's up next? Sanj? Robbie? Um, oh, okay. you guys? Yeah, Robbie. Darwin. Ticket? I mean, okay. can they? Can United get any worse? Darwin Nunez? Uh... Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, they can. Um, Please yes. let it happen. Uh, but yeah, Frankie Jong. He... Relegation battle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess De Jong should fit in with the Ten Hag system, shouldn't he? So um, yeah, you can't see that as a bad signing at all, can you? Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I've not watched much of them either of them too much to be honest so can't really comment aside from that so is this the same darwin that plays for benfica yeah, 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 that yeah. scored against liverpool yeah why, why why do they need another forward player don't they have enough well ronaldo's like, not long term is he yo yeah but i i, I feel like what what i What's want up? them to sign neymar and just like throw some more money <laughs> <away>. <laughs> Could you imagine? They they probably would, you know, as well. Um, they have way too many forwards, man. I I don't I really don't think Darwin's gonna come in. Like, mate, go save your career somewhere else, not Manchester United. Um, Frankie though, I I agree with Ryan. I think he he's definitely the sort of signing that United need. I mean, they need a lot more than just a central oh, yeah. midfielder. Um, yeah, I I think he would be maybe. The likes of Benton Kerr a bit better than that. Um, I don't know, like Prime Oriel Romeo. Maybe that's what he's gonna turn out to be, you know. Um, but definitely Chelsea they, legend. They, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Barcelona legend, even made. Um, but uh, he, like, yeah. United, United need way more than just that, man. Um, they they need a whole new fucking team, to be honest. Um, but moving on to Perisic, Kulusevski stuff. I think. Um, Perisic is also potentially backup for Bergwijn or Lucas Moura, who I think either one of those guys could be out. Um, I think Bergwijn wasn't he like tipped to leave at some point during the middle of the season? Didn't happen. He came off the bench, scored a brace versus Leicester to win them the game, and then all of a sudden his Spurs career was revived, saved. I don't know. He stayed with the club. Um, so I, I think Kulu's spot is honestly safe. Um, and yeah, I I think. Like, uh, Kulu would be like maybe a second, third round pick for me next season. I, it might be risky, but I mean, some of the numbers that he put up, um, when he finally got a consistent run of games, like it's it's hard to ignore, honestly. Like it gives me like Saka like vibes. Not maybe not that good, but good enough. Maybe I I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Too high on Kulu? No, I think yeah, that's accurate for me. One thing I'd say on on Kulu and Spurs in general is obviously this season they basically not had any Europe so with that now and with the extra games it it just he becomes you know just there's going to be more rotation and uh, you know do they keep up that level of performance I, I think he's still like top 20 ish asset for me but um, yeah it's sort of he'll, he'll be he'll be good but um, yeah the yeah it's a it's a difficult one to sort of equate at the moment 
I mean, to be honest, I just assumed they were going to crash out to um, in Champions League <laughs> to the likes of Basel, Malmo, and AC Milan. You yeah. know? Typical Spursy, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but the argument against Kulusevsky is that his ghost points are like like almost zero, but he scores. He's been either getting a goal return almost every other game, if not like every game, yeah. that like his value is kind of really high, but without goals or assists, his like his value like and we've seen some of those games in which i always make that point is that you never grab two sun two spurs assets in your team because when spurs shit the bed they shit the bed hard and like they will they will kind of you know they're sp- they're still spurs it's lads you know uh so lads it's Tottenham. <laughs> uh, lads yeah <laughs> um okay all right so our next and final question i want to say yeah yeah so last question we have Oh, and by the way, thank you. I won't pronounce, try to pronounce your name again, so I'll just say your uh, handle at insert underscore AE. Thank you for your question. Last question we have is from Fantrax Fox at Fantrax Fox. Uh, what are your thoughts on having transfers in drafts? So you can draft transfer one, which means you have the first choice of the new players coming in during the summer transfer window. Uh, reduces the silly fab war. Ooh. Uh, we will go... Sanji, Robbie, and then Ryan to end it off. I don't know. I like Fab drama, bro. <laughs> like, I think I love I think, Fab. Yeah, drama, like bro. I, I think since I got introduced to Fab, I'm like, yeah, give me, give me more drama. Give me, give me more money. You were like, so hesitant against I was, Fab too, man. I was until I got a taste of it. And I'm like, oh, give me more, <laughs> give me more, because I've seen yeah. like the good I, and bad sides of it. Like I've seen. You know, spending a hundred fab on Lukaku sometimes isn't great, but I've also seen like the Neeraj side where you get screwed over in a deal and then you end up with like three hundred fab for like the red rest of the season, and you basically get to dominate and control the entire waiver wire pool for the entire season, right? Um, which may, might be a good and bad thing, right? You miss out on like good players um early on, but then you control Jan window and then basically control playoffs like you can drop and pick up whoever the hell you want right all season um mm-hmm. in terms of having transfers for drafts i think that makes the game a bit easier for people um like it takes away that i mean i i, I think it, it makes things a little easier in the sense that you can hold on to your fab and then you're guaranteed some picks that sort of stuff right so i i know it adds like another layer to the game another level of complexity and maybe some managers like might like that but i think and who knows, right? Maybe it's because I haven't tried that system out yet, and that's why I'm, I'm against it the same way I was against Fab initially. But I think for now, I'm okay with the Fab war. Yeah, I think I'm with you, Sanjay. It's sort of, it's not something that personally appeals. Um, I can see why, you know, if you know if a league agrees to do it, then why not? Um, but it sort of feels a bit artificial but then again you know fab and everything is artificial anyway but at least it's all equal um it sort of feels like if you oh you know my my first pick in the draft is a new transfer it feels a bit i don't know it just feels wrong to me but you know as you say maybe because i've not done it it's um it's something that uh i maybe need to try but but yeah the fab wars do they are are a bit annoying in some in some senses i mean certainly you can take advantage of them or or be taken advantage of um quite easily i i think 
obviously the, it would be nice if the uh, the transfer window shut before the season started and we wouldn't have all these issues. But um, yeah, it, it just sort of is one of those necessary evils. And fortunately, I don't know whether you know, like clock having a, a trade a ban of trading fab at some point uh, um, and then sort of releasing it again um, when the season when the transfer window shuts or something like that might might help things but yeah there's there's lots of different ways you can go and approach it and it's probably just personal and league preference I think that's my take yeah. on it anyway <laughs> sounds good I have actually personally never played with fab so I don't have too much to offer here, but I'm hoping we switch up the Banter Boys League next season to yeah. Fab. Come to the light. Um, yeah, exactly, for sure. <laughs> Come to the dark side. <laughs> yeah, cookies. What is interesting, though, is... I mean, I would never pick Transfer 1, how he's classifying it, as a first or second round pick, right? But some people might value that as high. And it'll just be interesting to see what they'd be willing to give up for this Transfer 1, which you don't even know what it is, but... Yeah. yeah, it just seems like a cop out. I don't know, yeah, maybe. like an easy, easy way yeah. for for managers. Maybe like if you're new to fan tracks and this is like a fun way of doing it. But now, nah, man, just learn it the hard way. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like everyone else, right. draft someone that's purely from your FPL knowledge and see them flop. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly, like fucking. But at least if a transfer Anyways. comes in, <laughs> at least if a transfer comes in, you can sort of evaluate it based on the fab and the amount of fab you have. If you're just, you yeah. know, like spinning it out of air, going, oh, I don't know, someone might come in because there's a rumor. It might even happen during the draft, and no one's, you know, done a free tran done a transfer yet, and you go, bam, okay, I've got that guy now. <laughs> you know, it's all, it's just a bit, it's a lot of speculation rather than firm facts. But anyway, it's my opinion. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ross, you want to run things off? But I nothing like I I really do like playing with Fab. I, and to, for a bit of context for Robbie and Ryan, the first year we played with Fab, Sanji was last pick, so Sanji got he had hundred dollars and he was I guess waiver wire priority. But like we didn't really set limitations on like if you can get more Fab. And like Sancho was the rumored player to kind of come in. So one of the managers traded a bunch of money to get like 150, 185 dollars. And then Sanji like was like, oh, I guess I won't get Sancho now. But this is like the season before. So Sancho never ended up coming <laughs> at all. And you just kind of like, you know, got a bunch of money for no reason. And like, you know, Sanji, it worked out because Sanji, uh, I think, finished like now Sanji's last season with us. Anyways, I don't remember where you finished. I, I finished first stuff, in um in the table and first in playoffs. And then we null and voided everything. And I was like, fuck you guys. Peace, bitches. <laughs> I left. <laughs> and then funny thing is, after that, every season, a new manager has always won the double, which is just fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. Um, thank you so much for the question, Fantrax Fox. I think we'll move on now to the final segment of the first half which is the recap of our predictions of the season right so i'm gonna quickly run through this um because we've already cut into like nearly hour hour and a half into the pod so it was basically between ross sanji and ryan and robbie i don't know if maybe at the end of this you will kind of be the judge of who won who didn't win right because you're not in this prediction stuff so top four i think we were all fairly consistent right we all picked chelsea to win who didn't win um um, but City, Liverpool, and Manchester United also to be in the top four picks. So we were all wrong, basically, about Manchester United, right? Um, it ended up being Spurs. Who would have thunk it? Um, relegation candidates, we were all... Con-
consistent about Palace getting relegated. Um, I know, Ross, you have a special place. Uh, there's a special place in your heart for Watford. I don't know why you thought only Watford... Stadium I've ever, <laughs> only stadium I've ever visited. Yeah, exactly, so right? It's all anecdotal. So, unfortunately, I think um, it was like two out of three for um, me and Ryan. Um, Ross, you only got one out of three for that. You went with Southampton as well as one of your picks. Which, I mean, which isn't too bad, right? Because they finished just outside the relegation spots, right? Um, or yeah, s- something yeah. like that. Um, Golden Boot, uh, Ross, you won that. You picked Salah. I mean... Cristiano Ronaldo was definitely in a shout um, with my pick. Ryan Lukaku made... Uh, you were ugh, yeah. so badly off. <laughs> <laughs> um, underperformer. Ross, you nailed this one. Manchester United. W- w- like, where is your crystal ball? Like, the, some of your picks were on point, mate. Yeah, I don't know. My my thing was, everyone's so hyping this team up so much. I want to manifest them shitting the bed, and I did, so... Me and Ryan both did because both of us picked <laughs> yeah. United as an underperformer. Yeah, I, I I think like one of my picks kind of underperformed until they switched managers, right? Aston Villa were pretty much shitting the bed. Stevie G comes in, brings in his um, boy Coutinho, gets Luca Dean, kind of saves the day in the end. Arsenal, I was definitely wrong on. They definitely um, overperformed, right? Nearly clinched Champions League spot. But then, you know... Yeah. Yeah, Gunners, yeah, they do Arsenal things and, you know, always <laughs> flop in the end sort of thing. Um, over pre- and Robbie, for context, yeah. uh, this was, I think, like three game weeks yeah. in. So yeah. this was right as the transfer window closed. So, okay. like, you know, uh, Arsenal were in the relegation zone yeah. and stuff like that. So you might see some of these picks kind of highlight what the Yeah, they did have an awful start, time. didn't they? With that, you know, yeah, that first game against they Brentford. did quite... Yeah, quite the opposite to Spurs as well, right? I think Spurs had won three out of three, yeah. top of the table, and then you know Nuno took the ma- money and then got fired, sort of yeah. thing. Uh, oh, and, and the manager of this. A I mean, month they didn't award, look good in those three games, though, did they? They were all one <laughs> no, nil. Didn't seem to remember no. or something yeah. like that. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, all right, overperformer Ross, you went with Watford, mate. You love this club so much. I'm gonna get you a Watford T-shirt. I will. I, I, will, I, like, I, I will. I will give them the benefit of doing the double over United, and I feel like that should give them the overperformance. Yeah, yeah, maybe, but I mean, it's United, right? So United, I I feel like if you didn't beat United, it was a shit job, right? So, I don't know. Did we beat United? Probably not. I don't think you did. I don't think we did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it kind of sums up our season. Um, I went with Wolves as the overperformer. I was wrong right i don't i mean at one point they looked like they were going to clinch a european spot and then everything just fell to shit and i mean is it scary to say that they could possibly be fighting relegation next season i don't know is that too wild um ryan you nailed it though brentford over performer thank you thank you yeah (laughs) yeah okay (laughs) um playmaker uh ross you went with pogba and again i think he got like what was it three four five assists or something he he had like six assists six six assists at the as at this time yeah and like the top assist was 13 so like you know i was like i'm just gonna play the numbers game and hopefully he'll get seven across like 34 games or something there you go not a bad shot at all um ryan you went to mason mount not a bad shot either i think he ended up on double digit assists if i'm not mistaken could be mistaken i don't know um i went with Grealish. i think maybe i picked too early you know um a season too early maybe he might get it next season i'm quite high on Grealish for next season for really? sure golden uh yeah yeah mm. yeah, yeah, yeah yeah um golden glove um mondi 
um, or however you pronounce it. He's awesome. I, I, I love that you predicted him, Russ, but unfortunately he didn't win. Um, Ryan, we shared the plot. It's yeah. here. I went with Edison. You went with Allison, and they both won it. So good job by us. And rounding things off, we were all fucking wrong. I picked Manchester United. God, that was so That's off. The most um, to win one there, the title. <laughs> I mean, Cristiano, Cristiano Ronaldo comes into a stacked team. You'd think maybe they are able to push something special. A of course not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, on pa- I mean, okay, if you look at the names alone, before the season on happened, paper. on paper, you got like Sancho, you got Rashford, you got Bruno Fernandes, right? I mean... I think they probably had just gotten Varane at this point too. Yeah, they got Varane. Like, they, I was just like, oh my God, they've they've signed all the right names, da da da, yeah. and then it just complete opposite happened, right? Luke Shaw and Harry Maguire had a great summer yes, with England they did. at yeah. this point too, yeah. right? And so many like, people... Like, on paper... Yeah. As much as we like to shit on United, and I love shitting on United, yeah. on paper, I still feel like they still had one of the best Sure, but they didn't buy a proper defensive midfielder, which is what they, they needed. Not. So yeah. their defense was exposed the whole season. Yeah. It's just, I don't know, it just looked obvious at the time. But anyway. Yeah. So you're telling me you can't play Bruno Fernandes as a central defensive midfielder? Mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, you know, I got to get that Harry Maguire soundbite and put it in the pod somewhere. <laughs> Harry Maguire! Harry Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Ross and Ryan picked Chelsea. I, I love you guys both, but I think after we lost Chilwell, the season pretty much ended. And yeah, I mean, it might be a Chelsea fan crying out loud. But Robbie, thoughts? Who do you think won this maybe overall in terms of predictions? Go for it. Neither yeah. of us. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think any of you won particularly, but <laughs> um, I was going. Yeah, I was just sort of trying to tie it up as I went through, and I think there's there's a couple of really bad ones in there from Ryan, and <laughs> yeah. So I, really I think bad. I might have to rule him out. Um, and to be honest, Sanjay, your Man United pick, and yeah, it's just I I can't. I, yeah, I just don't think I can give it to you for that. So yeah, I'm going with Russ. <laughs> No Liverpool bias at all. Winner by default. (laughs) Yeah. Winner by default. You know what? You guys already lost the Champions League tonight, so I'm going to give you guys that, you know? I I understand this teaming up sort of bullshit. Anyways, um, boys, I think what we'll do now is we'll take our halftime pint and we will see you after the break. And we are back. Okay, so now what we're going to do is quickly run through, like, the teams and some notes that we kind of made and i'm just kind of curious i want to pick the panel's brain right now right so we're gonna run through from top of the table until the team that didn't get relegated uh apologies norwich watford and burnley fans we love you but uh, yeah you know shit happens So, Man City, um, my first question is, Haaland, I mean, we kind of discussed him already, right? So, I don't think we need to run through it all over again. It was basically like, if Timo Werner had flopped, won't Haaland flop? I think, yeah, if, if you don't know our opinion about this, maybe listen to the first half all over again. We've got a bit of a mixed bag of opinions, but I would say majorities on the fence of be cautious about him, right? So, I want to move on to my next question, which is KDB being... The first pick, if you have, you know, first pick in your draft sort of thing, right? Um, Ross, it seems like you're not quite there. Um, But I'll start with you. I'll go with Ryan. I'll go with Robbie. And let's just make it quick fire answers. Yes, no's. If you have a reason, just make it really short. 
No, because Cancelo, uh, Ryan, you can go next. No, for me, just minutes. Hmm. Um, yeah, I've got him second, so um, it's more it's more to do with the minutes than anything else. Because his, you know, when he's gaining, he's 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 got the best points per start you've you've got. So, yeah, um, second for me. Maybe yeah. Third. Okay. Um. Yeah. Sorry. Maybe third. Like you know, obviously, Son Son has yeah. the case, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, son with corners uh, as well, right? So it's hard to ignore him for sure after winning the golden boot. Uh, so my next question is uh, Grealish versus the rest, right? Did, so did at the end of this... Oh, me? Uh, KDB, for me, I think his first pick. Um, with Haaland coming in, like being number nine, he's just got another lethal finisher to kind of aim for, right? Uh, I know World Cup is in the winter. I'm sure it's going to throw up some span in the works. And KDB is known for picking up a niggle or two, sometimes an injury. So you never know. He might start the season hot and then post-World Cup, he might come back a bit like leggy or whatever, right? Maybe pick up an injury. So who's to say? It depends on how your season's going, right? So maybe you start KDB and then trade him away if he gets injured in the World Cup or you think something's going to go wrong or some shit like that, right? Or he stays longer in the tournament. It depends on how your league's going at that point, maybe, right? Um, You trade for Salah. You know, Salah's not in the World Cup sort of thing. So anything wild like that. Um, But yeah, my next question though is Grealish versus the rest. In terms of drafting Man City assets... It's always tough to kind of pick from Pep and his fucking roulettes. Um, but Grealish ended up third for key passes of all Man City players, uh, 10th out of them for fantasy points. And this is just looking at the outfielders, I believe. Um, he ended up 76th overall rank, right, of all players or whatnot. Um, but I honestly think he's going to be a much better asset in the upcoming season. And that's kind of based on how he played with Ollie Watkins, playing with a natural number nine, right? Playing with a proper striker. I don't think, like, he had a chance to properly shine this season, right? I mean, if you look at, like, the number of starts that he's had, it's been, what, only 22 starts? He's only played 26 games. He's only played, like, 1,900 minutes, roughly. So, I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Um, I'll go Robbie, Ross, and then Ryan. Yeah, sure. Um yeah, no, I'm with you. I, th- I think he he should have a really good season, and and actually the the time he spent on the pitch, I saw a stat the other day. His his xG plus xA was the same as what it was at per ninety. Was the same as what it was at Villa. So he's still getting into the box, like by dribbling or through passing. So, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of room after the sort of the initial season for him to really improve. Um, so I I've got. But I mean, you know, Foden's sort of similar, really. Um, I've got those two um, at, uh, you know, probably the end of the second round or something like that. Uh, I think they will drop, and I think there'll be very good value there. Yeah, yeah I'm. I agree. I am. I would like see Grealish. If someone like you know, maybe a Man City kind of player, Man City fan kind of like drafts in the top ten, but you're right, I would kind of see a much better season from him. Like we kind of saw it, but I think his biggest the argument against him this season was that he didn't get enough game time. Like you know, he was still pretty kind of instrumental in like the Champions League run, even if it was just till the semis and stuff, right? He did get a bit more game time, regular game time. I want to say not game like more game time, but. Like, yeah, it's just that first season, we were kind of discussing it. When was the last time, apart from defenders, when was the last time that a forward player signed under Pep? 
at Man City if immediately came into the squad. It always takes a bit of time, and we still see it. And like, yeah, I would see then Jack Grealish make a much better case for himself next season. Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna be the only one I guess that's not that keen. Um, I prefer Foden way more. I want to see at least two City players attackers leave before I feel more keen on Grealish. I just don't think he's going to get much more playing time than he did this season, and that's not enough for me. Um, but yeah, I agree on the points that you made that he fits right in having a better number nine. Well, um, even more lethal number nine than anyone else. But I just... How does one compete with the likes of, I don't know, if Bilva's still there? Who probably wouldn't be, but Riyad Mahrez, Foden, and they're all fighting for the same spots, kind of. So, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned Mars because one of the things that kind of jumped out to me when I was looking back at the numbers or, you know, not even numbers, games played and games started. Apparently, Riyad Mahrez had the highest number of substitutions um, in this Man City team with 13. I think the only player with double-digit substitution appearances, mm-hmm. right? Yet, he was still able to put up a combination of goals and assists, like 16 of them, right? Which is, like, I think the third highest number in it, when you just look at the EPL alone. Yeah. So, it's, it's crazy, like... If you have the likes of Mahrez or like any City player, you know rotations coming. Do you just, you know, keep this player in your starting squad regardless of if they're on the bench and then just expect him to come off the bench and, you know, get some points? Like, would you risk it? So my my final question to kind of wrap up this segment is, after KDB or Cancelo, which are the three Man City players you're going to draft in order? I'll go Ryan, Ross, and then Robbie. Foden for me. Or a defender like um, Diaz. Yeah, Sorry, Laporte. Laporte had a good season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, yeah. Foden, Grealish, Mares, I think, um, and they're pretty close together. Um, to be honest, um, sort of here. Yeah. Take your pick. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am Grealish, Foden, and Rodri. Interesting. You want to explain Rodri real quick? I think. We know Fernandinho's retiring, so unless they get a replacement for that C- like CDM spot, like we would expect Rodri to start most games in the Premier League at least. Uh, maybe like you know some rotation here and there, barring any injury. He is very good on the ghost points, especially if you play with the extra staffs on ball recoveries and fouls, like you know the the cheap fouls that like you know fouls suffered and uh, all these things. And like he's like he gets the assist here and there so i will i would take him as a consistent eight to ten point getter with the fact that he can get a goal or assist as well because we have like like what what do you end up with this season uh seven goals and two assists yeah right yeah so um i but he still averages like eight eight and a half points so and again it's the time it's a consistency he has in the squad right so i think african Celo he probably has one of the highest starts Right? So, yeah, Cancelo and then Bernardo Silva and then Rodri. So, that's, yeah. Interesting. Um, Yeah, I, I'd probably go Jack Grealish, um, uh, Bilva, and then Foden. 
I'm not sure if Bilva's going to leave. He just seems too pivotal of a player to, to Man City and, and Pep and whatnot. Um, all right, so let's move on now to Liverpool. Um, so we already did kind of talk about um, Salah not leaving for the World Cup. Um, I honestly think he, he has a chance to potentially break the goals record, just getting like a full maybe 38 games of the season. But my, my real question that I kind of want to focus on, though, is Diaz, right? Now, Ross, you broke us the news about Sadio Mane, right? So maybe now Diaz is definitely... Possible news. Possible news. Not confirmed. Let, let's possible assume. News. Let's assume that he's he's yeah. leaving whatever. Um, where are we going to draft uh, Diaz, right? So I, I kind of did put up some, like, uh, screenshots in our notes, you know, Liverpool pre Diaz and Liverpool post Diaz, right? Um, and I've kind of made a footnote about how Jota kind of dropped off in these uh, like tables or whatnot. Um, so I'll let you guys take a crack at it. Maybe what jumps out at you, Robbie, Ross, and then Ryan. Yeah, sure. Um, as yeah, I mean, if Mane's leaving, Diaz goes even further up my ranks. Um, yeah, he's. I think I originally put him down as about. 15th or 16th when we did the consensus ranks um but yeah i think you know he's i I think with Mane leaving you're putting him you know end of first round probably quite comfortably um you know he's he's got the access to the game time and we know that that left wing uh, position has a lot of ghost points attached to it which is historically what Mane had um Although obviously once he's moved into this, you know, the centre of um, playing playing more centrally since Diaz has come in, he you know those have dropped off um, obviously. So, but yeah, I think I'm you know I'm quite quite uh, quite um, psyched for Diaz to be a, um, a serious serious uh, player next year. Um, so yeah, Rasa, was it handing over to you? Yeah. So yeah, I think he makes a case for. If you replace exactly you kind of what Robbie were you talking about, if you replace kind of uh, him coming into Mane's spot, if Mane is a top ten pick, wouldn't you consider his direct replacement also a top ten pick, right? So I know most people would just be like, well, he's only had half a season, but he's been kind of absolutely like insane in this half the season. So um, yeah, I would I would put him as late top ten. Um, uh, late top ten, early second round. So, yeah, fair. Um, I I mean everything you guys have said, I agree with. And to me, he's a greedy, greedy boy. <laughs> I mean, he loves to shoot. Gets in the position, someone's open, but he takes the shot himself. And when he finds that that he gets his shooting boots in, like points will come. I find it interesting. I'm just going to point out one thing based on Sanchez data that. Robo is consistent pre and post, but Trent dropped off a lot. And that's probably just Trent's performances. But I find like Tomiyasu plays a big part into what Saka can do. And there was a slight period when Cedric was kind of filling in for Tommy that and getting reacquainted with the team that Saka's points just dropped off massively. I think that's kind of the same here with uh, Diaz and Robo that they play off each other. They give each other space and whatnot. That I would be willing to give up Trent to draft Robo higher. Well, not higher, but like comfortably take Robo as like a the third best defender after Cancelo and Trent. Um, 
if Mane is leaving because I think that's the kind of difference that Diaz might make for him. Yeah, I, I mean, just to kind of allude to the whole Diaz being greedy, right? Um, if you look at after Diaz kind of came into the team, uh, the player that had the second most shots for Liverpool was Diaz on 38, right? Salah, obviously, greediest motherfucker alive in the league um, with 59 shots attempted. Um, Mane right after Diaz with 37, right? But when you look at the top three before that, Salah, Mane, Jota, right? Jota ended up being fourth. And, and he basically had more rotation, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I think Diaz is just going to be as greedy um, as Salah. So definitely for me, um, end of first round, start of round two. And, you know, Jota did end up dropping down from like, what was it? 11.5 points per game to around 9.75 points per game um, after Diaz had come into the team. So just, you know, things to kind of note there. All right, let's quickly move on to Chelsea. Um, so my question for you guys is who are you going to draft first amongst Chilwell, James or Mount uh, quickly just go Ryan, Robbie Ross Reese James for me then Chilwell then Mount Robbie um, yeah I, I mean I've still got Mount as a you know end of first round sort of guy so he's he's top for me um Chilean James um probably end of second round something like that I don't see much difference between them um maybe James has a bit less risk because he has been fiddles I say fit all season he ended this season <laughs> fit <laughs> um yeah. whereas Chilwell obviously coming back from the, the long and knee injury so I'll probably just pip him ahead and he, I think he does have more upside um whereas Chilwell might be a little bit more consistent but yeah there's not there's not a lot on it for me it's it's Mount first kind of same idea with the like the James Chilwell um if if Chelsea end up signing another right wing back. We know James also plays that third center back point, sometimes yeah. if two go six with the three at the back. So like that's his kind of downside. Whereas Chilwell fit the Chilwell's downside is that he's come back from an injury. Yes, he's that kind of game time and hopefully he'll have a good summer of rehab trying to get up to match fitness and stuff. But like it's still one of those things where you really have to be cautious on like bring him back and stuff. Alonso's also probably gone yep. too. So like right now Chilwell is your main left wing back and James is your main right wing back but I don't expect Chelsea to just not sign anyone not sign like some sort of replacements for them so for me it's Mount and then same with Robbie like James and Chilwell are pretty close as like it's just a matter of like which defender you couldn't get before so you'd get after if you were looking for one yeah um I I think I'll have to agree same thing um probably Mount Chilwell James just you bring up a great point about James being able to move into that uh, center back position um I mean you could be wild and assume that maybe if everyone stays fit at Chelsea the defenders might be of better value right um maybe less rotation guaranteed clean sheets cuz like we were going on some ridiculous run of clean sheets right at, at one point in time um I mean Mendy looked good for that golden glove at, at one point as well um so before we move on from Chelsea quick final question Lukaku if he stays uh Kai stays Timo stays tell me which round you're gonna draft Lukaku I'll go Ryan Robbie Ross I'll avoid <laughs> yes avoid is definitely an option yeah, guys yeah, I forgot yeah. to mention that <laughs> seventh round or oh, avoid 
Robbie? Uh, so, where would I draft Lukaku? Um, I've got him at... Where was it? 43. So, end, end of fourth, start of fifth. That's where I think the sort of the risk reward becomes um, like a so like an Ivan Tony or Lukaku. Yeah, sort of well, yeah. I mean, I'd go Tony over Lukaku, but um, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but I don't have Tony much higher than him. He's probably yeah end of third start of fourth sort of thing, like around earlier. And Ross, if Lukaku is available in the fifth round, I'd pick him up, but not before that. Okay, um, I mean, I mean, final point is that listen, if you just look at uh, points per game of all Chelsea players, Chilwell is top, right? Fifteen point seven one. Yes, he played a few limited games, but he was fucking smashing it when he was playing, and he was taking corners, right? Just, just put that note out there. Mason Mount wasn't taking corners all the time as he was the previous yeah. season. All right, let's move on to Spurs quickly. Um, Son versus Kane. Uh, Let's run through quickly. Uh, just give me your answer. Who are you picking, like, between these two? Um, Son or Kane? Ross, Robbie, Ryan? Son. Yeah, Son for me. Son for me as well. Yeah, I have to agree there. Um, so, between the likes of Reguillon, Royal, Sassignon, Doherty, and Perisic, give me your top two picks out of those. Uh, same order, Ross, Robbie, Ryan. Sassignon and Perisic. Yeah, I mean, Perisic is the only one I'm sure that's actually going to be starting at the start of the season. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll go Perisic and Doherty probably, but I, I'd imagine they're going to bring someone in at right wing back anyway. So, Yeah, same here. It's Perisic and Doherty. Uh, if Sessegnon is a defender and gets a shout, maybe, but no. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to go Sassino and Doherty because even when Reguillon was fit, Sassino was getting the nod. Um, I think it was Jacob who mentioned it to me. I don't know if it was in the pod or in person um, when we were drinking that Sassino is kind of like uh, Victor Moses when Conte was at Chelsea. He likes yeah. that sort of winger, likes to play in that defensive position, right? So I think Sassinion could be one of those hidden gems next season, honestly. Um, listen, Rigorin. Reclassify. No, him, go ahead. They have to reclassify. Yeah, him, so. yeah, agreed. Definitely. Should, like, they yeah, should, he, right? He, Robbie, do you have any inside news for us? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think it's being suggested that he'll he'll be moved to a defender. But um, yeah. yeah. Um, but I just, I, I don't see him playing. If he's going to be playing at the left wing back and Perisic is playing there, I don't see, you know, maybe 10, 15 starts and that's max. I just don't see it. Um. All right, brilliant. So final question on Spurs. Uh, which round are we going to be drafting Kulusevski? I'll go Ryan, Robbie, and then Ross. Two. Uh, yeah, he's round two. Yeah. Round two. Yeah, I would say end of round two, early round three. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'd push for the likes of like Madison, JWP, Bound before the, before Kulusevski. Just, you know, set pieces and all that jazz. All right, let's move on to Arsenal. Um, okay, so three players that I've kind of listed out here. Uh, Bukayo Saka, uh, Gabriel Martinelli, Martin Odegaard, right? Um, let's assume 
they got a striker arsenal right gabby jesus or whatever they've got somebody to feed um i just want to know in what order are you going to be drafting these guys right uh because the likes of odegaard um did quite well on like key passes was high sum of key passes for arsenal with 77 of them saka topped uh the shots attempted with 97 right um and gabriel gabriel martinelli had the second highest ppg of these arsenal players end of season with 9.62 uh let's go ryan robbie and ross uh, what order are you drafting these guys saka first without a doubt um i think odegaard second and then martinelli just for set piece duties and what a proper striker may do but i don't think gabby j is necessarily that proper striker though but hmm. yeah yeah no I, I agree saka for sure you know he's a potential first rounder um yeah yeah, Mart- yeah. If they get a you know a striker and you're you know you're is a decent striker, then I think it really bumps Odegaard up to potentially you know Martinelli's level, uh, and then you're looking at end of third maybe something like that. Um, yeah, that's where I go from. Martinelli was a mid, right? I want to say, yeah. He Does was. that change? Do you guys think? What to Martinelli's position in Vantrax? No, he's a mid. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's hard to say. Like, w- would it surprise you that, you know, ESR comes back as a better pick next season than Martinelli? Like, I also think that ESR's form contributed to him starting a lot more. Yeah, fair point. Sorry, we cut your ass. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I was... I want to say Saka first, but um, the idea of, like, Odegaard not going to the World Cup, having a striker in front of him, Obviously, Arsenal want to be performing better, even though they have Europa League football. It's, I don't know, Odegaard does kind of make a case for him. But for me, yeah, it's Saka and Odegaard. I, I would, Martinelli is also rotational prone, even prone. <laughs> prone. <laughs> I mean, listen, football porn. To each their own. Martinelli is rotational prone. And like with ESR, right? Even though like the four, it's like whoever's kind of in form. So I this it was one of the biggest reasons why I won my semifinal matchup because Mar- I think Martin Lenny was on the bench for that game and ESR was in. So for me, it's not even like he is kind of in the discussion, but he's also not really in the discussion. Yeah, um, I I think I'm gonna be a little wild here. I'm gonna go Odegaard first, then Saka, then Martinelli. Um. Listen, I, I I think Ryan's your head nearly fell off its head in reaction, but <laughs> um the the listen, I, this is a wild take in the sense that the injuries that Saka kept picking up niggles every now and then. Uh, I don't know if being in the World Cup, he starts all these games, all of a sudden gets a proper run. What if he actually you know does pick up something serious or whatever, right? But yet every time he picked up a niggle, he just kept coming back and starting every game see the thing is though what's worrying is that towards the end of this season he really dropped off as an asset completely right um and i think odegaard was still consistent correct me if i'm wrong um still putting up decent ghosties um and he he's got like set pieces every now and then i mean yes saka takes corners and all that but saka's corners were kind of shit towards the end so who's to say if he loses it at one point as well right so just for the sake of being argumentative, yeah, that that's my order. Um, let's now move on to Manchester United, the Ten Hag era. Um, 
yeah, what what do we really expect from these guys, right? Uh, I want to know, though, um, where you guys drafting both Rashford and Sancho will go Ross, Robbie, and Ryan. Also, Rashford avoid is, is an option. Sorry, let me put... let me Because yeah. we're talking about United, so yeah, I'll just put that out there. Uh, Rashford is kind of one of those Lukaku sort of situations. If he's available around the, the sixth-ish, seventh-ish round and, like, worth a gamble... Sancho for me is like, like possible top twenty. I don't like that that small gap that we saw where he was absolutely on fire, um, and like kind of came back from injury and like was just kind of like lighting up like every time he played, is a good enough case for me to kind of draft him top twenty. Um, that's that's just kind of how I see it. Like, and plus we don't. I get the idea of like, um, you know, new 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 manager, new system. Where does he fit in? But, like, you know, it's still, I feel like he has shown his, some of his kind of, like, what he's capable of. And that's why I would kind of keep Sancho towards top 20. Sure. Um, yeah, no. Again, they're, they're a difficult one to predict with a new manager coming in, aren't they? Um, I, I still have Bruno in the first round. Um, he, you know, might be a little bit of a sleeper in the sense that he'll, you know, sort of maybe shift towards the end of the first round if... Um, People are sort of, uh, you know, worrying about him, um, and I and I think I'd be happy taking him, you know, sort of anywhere from eight or ninth to twelfth or something like that. Um, Ronaldo, I, I don't, I don't want to even look at him until the fourth round or something. But <laughs> I'm sure so, he'll go before, you know, long before I, um, I, I'll be comfortable taking him if you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, Sancho, I, I agree. I think yeah, probably a, a top twenty sort of guy. Certainly, certainly within the by the end of the second round, I feel he should be going. And you know, these are the guys that have the biggest scope to to you know massively improve. So, yeah, that's that's my my take. Yeah. So, Rashford is similar to what Ras said. Uh, oh yeah. Similar. Sorry, I missed Rashford, from... didn't I? Sorry. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's probably very, a good thing similar... that, that you. Were, I I thought you were just telling people just don't yeah, pick yeah, him yeah, up. No, very know? similar fifth round, <laughs> something like that. I'm sure. I'm sure. He'll, yeah, yeah. He'll go then. Sorry, Ryan. <laughs> yeah yeah. No worries. Uh, so Rash, yeah, I agree. It's similar to Lukaku, but I picked Lukaku for like seventh round, and it's really because I don't like the rotation. I don't like the, the pain of just having it in my side. I would quicker take like a Mitrovic. Even though Mitrovic flopped last time in Prem over both Rashford and Lukaku. Um, if he's getting minutes, I mean, if they don't buy anyone. But yeah, I agree with you guys on Sancho. I just don't think I'll pick Sancho myself. I'll kind of leave him to like let whichever manager take that pain. If he pays off for them, great. But I don't really want that gamble. Yeah, I'm. I'm just gonna avoid United. Exactly. Uh, new manager. I don't know what to expect. Um, I think there's better nailed assets out there. Um, go for like you said exactly, Mitrovic. Um, go for an Ivan Tony. Um, uh, I don't know if Pookie was still in the league. I maybe go for Pookie over Rashford or or Sancho. I know that's crazy to say, but 
Listen, when you look at overall rank, um, the top six players, and I hope this is right what I screenshotted because I was really tired when I did all this, but um, Bruno Fernandes is the only person that is like in the top 20 uh, overall, right? Uh, He sits at 10, Ronaldo at 27, Sancho at 114, Fred at 119, Scotty McTominay at 136, and Alex Telesh at 164. Rashford ain't even in that top six, bro. Um, so I don't know. Um, I, I I did though. Um, kind of look at like a quick analysis of um, Bruno versus Cristiano Ronaldo. It was like a a hot uh, topic uh, this season. I want to say, uh, even in like FPL and stuff like that. But I know this is fan tracks, so I kind of looked at you know their PPG uh, in the periods that you know Ronaldo started. He was a sub, and this is based around Ronaldo, really, right? Um, when he started games, when he was a sub, when he missed, and I kind of just you know accumulated what their points per game uh, during that individual periods and stuff like that. I probably could have tabulated the days of Bessa and Robbie. You might need to teach me a few tricks here and there with all your fancy moving graphs and shit like that, but. <laughs> I don't know. Is there anything that maybe maybe jumps out to you guys from this data quickly? Um, anything that no- that's noticeable? I should have like displayed this a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so the color coding is purely based on Ronaldo if he started or not, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 And the 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 red font really is because he started maybe one of the two games because it was like a double game week or something like that. Or like a string of three, four games or something like that. So I did. I, I don't know. It was like a mixed bag of results. But I, I don't know. Like that, that right? whole. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it it didn't seem to make a difference, like whether or not um Ronaldo started the game yeah. or not. In that sense, yeah, like think, it seemed. Yeah. yeah no, go I think ahead. The story of the season is was almost okay. He was fine under Solskjaer. Like well, okay, but but then obviously. Um, you know, coming in with um with Ranić and the four two 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 thing that just didn't work for him, and then obviously they switched back and he was better. So you sort of, and he still managed to get a top ten overall with a struggling season like that. It you know it really it's highly dependent on his role next year, isn't it? That's uh, for for Bruno and again Ronaldo. I mean, is he going to be playing? Is he going to be there? I, I, I God knows. Um, I, I'm a steer clear from Ronaldo, but I'm I'm still. I'd still bet on Bruno, um, personally. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. you know, especially at the value you might get him at. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, right? I think exactly what it is. I mean, there is a chance that you might even get him early second round, right, Bruno? And it's exactly the point that you made is that shit season, like, what the fuck was United doing? And he still ended up, like, top three players for key passes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So... Okay, so let's move mm-hmm. on to the final team in Europe, West Ham. They're in the Europa Conference League. Um, so, best player f- for them, Bowen, finished 7th overall. Though, where are you going to be drafting him? Just answer quickly, Ryan, Robbie, Ross. Let's go. Man, I did it with Rafinha this year. I saw what, enough in one season that I took him in first round. Um, I'll do the same with Bowen, I think. Late first round, obviously. Yeah, I think I'll go end of round one. Um, yeah, um, he could. There could be a little bit of second season sort of, you know, decline. But and they do obviously have Europe as well, so it's a little bit difficult. But I still think I uh, think he should should be worth it. Yep, same end of end of round one. So did he win the playmaker award this season? Yeah. No. Nope. Salah did. What? 
How did Salah get playmaker? Williams got seventeen assists. Yeah, yeah, but like it's the these are fantasy assists, so it counts off like like penalty wins and uh like shots on target that deflect back and whatever, right? So Salah official assists, Salah had thirteen, Trent had twelve, uh, and then there's a bunch of players that had ten: Mount, Barnes, Bowen, and Robbo. Had like ten. Nice, okay. interesting to know. And Kane, so he got seven interesting. fantasy assists. <laughs> wow, <laughs> very interesting. All right, let's move on quickly now to the teams that aren't in Europe. Starting off with Leicester. Um, I'm quite on high on Leicester for next season. Honestly, I think they're gonna be. I don't know. You could get some hidden gems, right? The likes of uh, Fofana, the likes of James Justin. I think Madison also not having this extra um tournaments or games to play for. He could possibly push into a first round pick for me i don't know what are your thoughts i'll go ross robbie and ryan matters yes possibly but also harvey barnes like harvey barnes was on fire when like in the last four or five games like obviously maybe not like maybe going in round one is obviously very risky and stuff but like if i would say he was had he has a similar case because his partnership with jamie fardy if that sustains is like unbeatable, right? Like he's always assisting or they're always assisting each other. So I would him like if Lester are scoring goals somehow, Jamie Vardy and Harvey Barnes are somehow a part of it. So sure. Um, Madison. Yeah. Particularly if you can get him in the second round, I think you'd be laughing. Um, I, yeah. I mean, I think there's a case for him to be taken in the first round, to be honest. Um, at the end there but um, yeah any of the others Barnes I think I've got probably similar to last year about 33 and hopefully he doesn't um, you know do the same to me as he did last year after drafting him there um, but yeah, um, I, I think I got carried away with that uh, charity shield performance um, unfortunately um, but yeah um, certainly the Leicester guys are you know are worth looking at and and They'll have looked bad this season, but have every reason to improve. So, um, certainly wants to look at. So, Sanjit, question for you. Do you not think Rodgers can undo, despite not having Europe, like, just your good thoughts on Leicester? You assume Brendan Rodgers is going to have a job next well, season. Well, yeah, true. There's that too. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Uh, this uh, this is just purely based on like what I've seen end the season form. Like, I feel like Madison stepped his game up oh, yeah. another yeah, level yeah. end of season. He, it just seemed like he was shooting a lot more. And I, I don't know. It just seems like he was a bigger threat to anything that Lesu was doing like good in mm-hmm. front of goal. Um, and, you know, a lot of people are talking about how um, Madison was shit for his other season, which he was. Don't get me wrong. Um, I've, I've heard like even Joe's frustration at owning Madison. He even threw me a trade, I think, Madison for Mount uh, a few times um, this season. But when you look at like the first 19 games, um, Madison still had like the second highest points per game, right? Of outfielders at 10.16. And you look at the latter part, obviously he he's, was first at 13.22. But um, 
Yeah, I, I, I'm not so high, I think, on Harvey Barnes as Ross is. The thing is, I go back to the point about, like, Brandon Rogers. I, I never know what the fuck this guy's going to do, like, how he's going to set up his team. And I feel like the safest picks are probably just Madison, Vardy, Tielemans, and then maybe James Justin, right? And then Schmeichel, if you fucking want a keeper at all, if you have to draft one, right? Um, But, uh, yeah, the the rest of them, I'm, I'm not too sure, honestly. Um, I think, listen, Vardy, you can start your season with Vardy. Vardy, yes, but is he really going to last another 38 games in the season? Like, he's getting old. Like, I, I know this guy has, like, cryo chambers on cryo chambers, but, like, how much is that shit going to work every season, right? So, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. I just know you don't like Rogers for that same reason. So Yeah, like, just fucking, like, like it's special. Yeah, man. I agree with what Robbie said. If you can get Madison second round, man, do it. Yeah, fucking take that shit and run. All right, let's move on to Brighton. Um, I kind of wanted to look at the Dan Byrne effect. Um, so what I was really trying to analyze here is that did the Brighton assets get better after Byrne left? Like they had more chances of winning aerials or more chances of tackles and clearances and all that shit. Or maybe did like, you know, the Newcastle team get better sort of thing, right? So I kind of just looked at like the defensive assets of Brighton pre-post burn whatever right um are you high on brighton assets like where are you going to be drafting them defensively i'll go with robbie ryan then ross yeah yes the brighton's a difficult one isn't it i i, I wouldn't cucarella certainly would look good this year and especially at the start of the season and um, when he came in um and then the others at, at various times potentially maybe lamptey's going to be able to actually play two games back to back now um, after having a, a season um you know where he was rotated a lot um yeah those are the two that only re- that really stand out f- in terms of any actual value i think um the others are you know borderline streamers um, in in good matchups go through the season um yeah on the newcastle side though trips is certainly uh, a a uh, looking like a very interesting prospect let's put it that way um but yeah the dan burn matt target if he actually makes the move permanent um they're they're sort of late round flyers probably um but um yeah trippier could be like a top 30 40 sort of player so um he'd be one i'd be looking at yeah brighton is so confusing Great football and then just I don't know what happens. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think I like Lamptey's upside if he can manage to play like you said games back to back. I would be okay on Lamptey and Cucurella, but the rest of them not so much. Maybe Sanchez if I wanted someone with I don't know a bit of high claims and saves. But yeah. Yeah, I mean. Like Cucurella and not not even like Lamptey, I'd say Cucurella and Belt, yeah. Beltman. Like Beltman also has been pretty good this season. But you're right, like Brighton, Brighton is such a weird team because like they when they're on form, they're almost unbeatable. They take the likes of Liverpool and City like to like almost like drawing or almost kind of winning and stuff. But then they also, when they're bad, they're just so, so they're like relegation form. So we don't know when we are going to get. So it's just a matter of like, you know, when these players are on form, you 
sense that and you pick them up or and like you know even it's not even just the defensive assets it's the attacking assets of trossard and um what are the other guys uh trossard danny welbeck uh pascal gross so like just being able to kind of like sense these things and pick them up but like also being like when they start chaining the bed you like get rid of immediately so all right, so now that we've kind of mentioned Newcastle, I kind of want to quickly move on to them, right? Um, so after uh, Eddie Howe came into the league, if we look at the Premier League team table since then, um, Newcastle are going to be sitting around sixth. And I, I, I hope this is right. Or blame the internet if I get this wrong. But um, they would yeah, be sitting above the likes of Manchester United, Leicester, Aston Villa, and Wolves, right? So I kind of wanted to focus now a bit more on Bruno Guimaraes, right? The, the real Bruno, I want to say, right? Um, so... If we look at um, the points that he's scored since he actually properly started getting, you know, full 90-minute games, he beats the likes of Mason Mount, Trossard, Kai Havertz, John McGinn, James Ward-Prowse, Harvey Barnes, Martinelli, Pascal Gross, even Coutinho, right? Rafinha and Jack Harrison. So... You know, given all of this, you see how he's kind of played in that side. You know, there was a lot of talk about, oh, he's a central defensive midfielder. He doesn't really score goals or get assists, right? Where would you be drafting him next season? Which round? I'll go Ryan, Robbie, then Ross. That's a super hard one for me. I I still can't tell if it's like he's always in the right place at the right time, makes those surging runs into the box, or if he just got super lucky with that, like, kind of back heel finish which I think was his first goal and then Sh- against Southampton yeah and then Schmeichel yeah. uh, kind of sitting on the ball and he got that one and Almeron's Almeron's um, won the kick like you know what I mean like I don't know if his points are easily coming like was he lucky I don't know I think he's he's nowhere late and fought wrong for me which might be late but yeah, I think a lot depends on who Newcastle bring in in the summer, because yeah. as 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 you mentioned, Sanjay, he he'll, he 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 was brought in as a not necessarily just a DM, but like a you know a link up sort of box to boxy sort of type of um, centre mid, and and actually if they end up bringing a a more attacking midfielder in, then he might move back to that position. So you know you got a sort of there's there's that risk there because they've obviously got the money to sign whoever they want um so yeah i I still think as as you mentioned around about i mean as as if you know if he carried on his um, end of season form you're looking at you know probably a third rounder but it might you might want to you know skip him down to the fourth if um if there's rumors or transfers come in that you know put that put that at risk you're on yeah, I'm kind of on the same idea that, like, I think since you you and I, because I picked him up as he came in and you and I kind of talked about him, was that idea that, like, him kind of, like, his, I can't remember what team he came from, but, like, his form goals and assist-wise wasn't that fantastic. It was, like, what, like, just, like, within, like, single digits and stuff. And, you're like, you know, is he coming as a box-to-box? Is he coming as CDM? Like, is he replacing Shelby? Is he replacing whoever? But, like, his, yeah, I for like the right place right time you also need to have that ability to read that game in that moment to be at the right place at the right time so um you know see where the attack is going and like you know trying to capitalize on that and the fact that 
his if he sticks as a box to box, his value will stay. But if he does kind of step step back a bit deeper, and then it'll fall. For me, I'm kind of on the same idea. Is that I don't think he'll go later. I think his name recognition will kind of carry for him a lot, and he will go earlier than he's supposed to be. But for me, uh, realistically, it's like you know. We know midfielders are hard to come by and like his ghost points abilities are also pretty decent. So I would kind of hopefully try to get him fourth-ish round, maybe fifth round he's available. But name recognition carries and he'll definitely go third round because people will be like, well, Bruno was so great. Or someone will pick up Bruno in like the first round thinking it's Bruno Fernandez. <laughs> and I really wish for that story to come up on Twitter because that would be fantastic because those things have happened before. So, yeah, um, I mean, no one replaces Lord Voldemort. Let's get that right. Um, but uh, I think he he played for Leon, but that was his previous club. I think he got around uh, three goals and maybe five assists across like Ligue 1 and maybe the Europa League, something like that. Um, but yeah, really not renowned for his uh, attacking stats or whatever. Um, but Robbie brings up a great point, right? Maybe keep an eye on this transfer window, see who they sign, and may- maybe just make a gut call on that. Or if you're not sure, go hit up Robbie at a team of Caras and get him to tell you where the hell to draft Bruno. Um, but we'll move on to the next player from Newcastle that I want to um, quickly get your um, answer on is Kieran Trippier. Now, Robbie... You got Kieran Trippier for zero fab. Fuck you, <laughs> basically. Um, but, um, when you look at gaming's 22 to 25, which is a short window, right? Because that was pretty much when he got his starts, when he was fucking smashing it. When you look at only defenders, he came out second for total points scored in that short window. Only Andrew Warwick outscoring him, and obviously your boy Matip um, mm-hmm. right after him, right? So... If Trippier were to play full season, 38 games, let's say, which round are you going to be trying to draft him in? We'll go Robbie, Ryan, then Ross. I mean, 38 is a bit much, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, maybe maybe if we say 30, I don't know. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I reckon he'll... You've got to take him end of third, something like that. Um I think he could potentially go higher, but I think there's enough risk there with the injury um, history that end of third sort of feels about right in terms of um, the other players around him. But like you said, the, the ceiling that he's got from the set pieces, from um, from all the deliveries into... Um, yeah, I mean, obviously it won't be Chris Wood, will it? But um, anymore, but, um, you know, um, a Callum Wilson or another striker, I think he's, yeah, the, the upside is, is huge. You know, he's, he's certainly at your sort of your Chilwell James level almost. He could he could live up to that. He's just that bit older and that bit riskier. That's that's where, where he's at. Yeah, and he's got Derek free kicks as yeah. well, right? He scored one versus Aston Villa. Yeah. So. He scored a couple, didn't he, I think? Yeah, and he scored two. I think yeah. so. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, ridiculous. Ryan? I I don't know what to think because I think depending on what business Newcastle does and how they want to approach the league, like I think how kind of played a certain way because they needed to survive and I don't know if they're going to be this tight at the back anymore and... I mean, two free kick goals. I don't think he's James Ward Browse. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, 
I don't want to back a Newcastle defender that early. Like, I get Chilwell has the pedigree of like, well, if Chelsea replace really go well, then you know they should keep that that defensive strength. I mean, which kind of fell apart at the end of the season too. But oh well, as you said, as Chilwell got injured, but. Yeah, I kind of am rambling on, but I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't like going def- defenders early. Six, yeah. sixth round. Interesting, Ross. I personally think Kieran Trippier was a stopgap. I feel like he was wanting to come back to England, and the fact that like Newcastle got that big influx of cash they're obviously willing to buy they were able to kind of bring him back to it i don't think he is a long-term option obviously kieran trippier wants to go to the world cup and that will obviously kind of factor in kind of like you know his ability to kind of push for that starting 11 at newcastle and then obviously we'll have the world cup in the middle too i think like he was part of the last euro squad right so he should be part of considering no injury should be part of this uh squad too considering like he keeps up this form but like, I personally, like, love going for defenders early, especially if they're attacking fullbacks. I think that's what won me my league this season. Like, I had, like, Target. I had Tellez. I had um, Trent, obviously. All these players. So, for me, like, I want to make that case for him. But, like, I held Target on uh, when he came to Newcastle. And even, like, apart after that, uh, like, I'm not even talking about injury. But, like, the couple of games where both Trippier and Target kind of played together, Target outscored him in both those games so like i if you're trying to make a case for Trippier, you're also trying to make a case for target too i'm, I'm pretty sure target came on loan though at uh uh newcastle not as a like a transfer so maybe he goes back to aston villa and i don't know what happens him from there but yeah like obviously he's going to be gunning for that for that world cup spot but i don't think he's a long-term option and like yeah like robbie said he's but 31 32 so if how their transfer window goes this time, I think they're going to look for a more permanent option this season. Yeah, I I think like round five, round six is where I probably go for him. Um, I think defender too. Like it's it's hard to find defenders on set pieces on corners, direct free kicks. Like it, it screams Luca Dean to me, right? Not not saying he's as good, but he has the potential to be. We, I mean, we saw him put up like the numbers as well, right? So I mean, if you extrapolate that, like. Like yeah, I think he can be a top top player if he gets enough game time. Um, all right, let's move on quickly now to Wolves. Um, quick question: Wolves are there a trap for next season? Yes or no? Give me a quick sentence why you think so. We'll go Robbie Ross then Ryan. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I just think uh, that they were relying on Saar so much um, in terms of where they are in the table. They'd be you know, relegation candidates otherwise. So um, I'm not really sure where I see Large taking the team, um, to be honest. Yeah, it was that defensive, it was that defensive structure that they had for like the first half of the season. Everyone kind of, and especially after last, like lost like a dormitory and stuff. Uh, I personally hold like the likes of Ruben Neves really high because his ability to kind of like do the wonder and like still be able to kind of put like one games, he has like 40, ball recoveries or something and that's like the the 10 points or something but um like apart from that you're right like if you if they keep up that defensive structure 
then maybe possibly they're like they're the likes of Roman Sice or Johnny or whoever have a bit more um value to it. But other than that, like like Jose Sa would be the main one that you're kind of gunning for and seeing where you, you're not there. interested in Neto then. Um, he's he's pretty like what he's had two injuries already even after coming back from the main injury sure you gotta season, put him down so, a bit but i think like i think he's a he's an interesting yeah interesting one he's about the only one i'd really i would put neves over neto because of his consistency yeah i know but that squad. doesn't really reward you too much in fan tracks yeah, yeah 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 anyway that's I, i'm i'm quite interested in neto <laughs> same um yeah i mean quick uh, thing that stood out to me was when you look at uh end of season uh points per game including goalkeepers raul jimenez sits 10th of all <laughs> wolves players at yeah. 7.12 all season i mean fun fact um when you look at players that got the most red cards this season ezri konza from aston villa and raul jimenez from wolves oh, yeah. didn't make the list yeah. Yeah, he's With also pretty them. yellow. Yeah, you'd friendly. think so, eh? Xhaka fucking loves a yeah. um, red card, but no. I think he only got the one in like the opening game of the season or something. Op- first three game weeks, something like that. He got against Man City, right? Some double-footed challenge or some shit. Mm-hmm. All right, um, let's move on now to Crystal Palace really quickly. Uh, Conor Gallagher is coming back home. Thank fuck, because we need to <laughs> ship some old fuckers like Danny Drinkwater out of us. squad. I can't believe he was still rostered. Like, this guy was just, like, making 100k, just warming the fucking bench and shit like that. Um, but yeah, assuming he leaves, I think that opens up the chance for Olise and Eze to kind of come in, right? So I kind of looked at the numbers before, like, you know, while Gallagher was putting up double-digit scores, which was around Feb 22nd, and then by Feb 23rd, he just became instant shit. And, Robbie, I think you have some numbers to kind of back this up, right? Um, where What I kind of want to know is where are you drafting both Olise and Eze, right? We'll go Robbie, Ross, and then Ryan. Yeah, I think um, it was part of the, the thread I put together. But, yeah, so his points per start was, like, about 14.6 in the first half of the season. And then that dropped off to 6.2 after that. You know, so it's a massive drop off. Um, so there's clearly things happening with you know change of role, Elise coming in a bit more, taking sets, these, these sort of things. Um, but yeah, Conor Gallagher, if he's at Chelsea, um, um, yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> I can't even answer that to be honest. If he's at Palace, yeah, I mean that would be interesting. Um, but I, I see, yeah, I see potentially Eze coming in and maybe taking on that that sort of more attacking midfielder role and then Elise hopefully taking over are you and those guys are you know interesting and I think you know once you start to get into the fourth fifth round you really you really could be getting some some good value there there's like lots and lots of upside yeah Yeah, I'm I'm the same like Isaiah for me has a lot more value um than like Mike Elise was also kind of like a lot more like rotational prone, right? Like I say, once he kind of came back after injury was able to kind of get a bit of a run in the starting 11, whereas Olise was kind of coming in and out of the starting 11. Like he was, he always like usually used to smash it off the bench too, which was kind of weird, but like, yeah, like I think Zaha would be that main standpoint. And this is like, I think that at the start of the season, this was one of the biggest reasons why all three of us had Palace to go down because we were just like, 
Like, I don't know if they have the talent to stay up. And obviously, Vieira did some miracles. And Connor Gallagher had, like, a fantastic season till February 22nd. But um, after that, it's just, I don't know where it went. But, like, obviously, they did enough to stay up. And not to stay up, like, finish pretty high. But, yeah, it's Eze, Olise after Zaha. But Eze Morley, because we've seen his pre-injury form and his ability to kind of get, like, goals and assists. So, hopefully... If they do strike sign or if they do get like a consistent number nine, it helps his points as well. Yeah, I think I'm similar, but I probably will give Vieira another season to show me what he can offer. Like he linked them up very well. They played good attacking football at some points, but unless I'm getting Zaha, I think I'll probably avoid a lot of them. If I can get as a fairly late on, I might grab him, but the rest not so much. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to be a little different and go Olise before Eze. I think I agree that Eze is probably a bit more nailed, but I just, I'm just i purely going off of eye test. Olise just looks a lot more exciting. I think he has a lot to offer. Um, he gets a share of set pieces as well. Um, he has an eye for goal as well. Um, my concern is that Eze can probably be deployed as one of the front three and i think that kills his value a little bit i think he's better playing as one of the number eights feeding the front three whereas in olise i think just is part of that front three and is just fucking amazing uh, i don't think he plays anywhere else and i, I don't know how long i I'm, sorry jordan iu is gonna keep him out that squad <laughs> all right um let's move on now quickly to brentford um i mean I really just want to talk about Ericsson. Where are we drafting Ericsson, really? Um, Ericsson finally, you know, is back playing football. Fantastic to see. Um, but, you know, after he started getting games, he was one of the highest PPG points um, per player or whatever at, at Brentford. Um, he had the most key passes at Brentford. Um, he had the third most shots with 22 as well. Um, which round are you drafting Ericsson? If he stays at Brentford, is playing a full season. Let's go Ross, Robbie, then Ryan. Second round. I think he's he has the potential to kind of put up the same number of points as... Like, if you, if you make the case for Rafinha after... Um, after their first season, then I think you make a similar case for Christian Axon. Yeah, he's only had 10 games and like he's done pretty well in those 10 games. But like, yeah, if he keeps it up, I will say that when Ericsson was at Spurs, I used to be a big hater of him. I did not <laughs> see the value for him until like his like season before his transfer. But and when what he was able to kind of do at Inter too. So I'm glad he's back and like he's kind of showing that. As long as, like, you know, we don't even know if, like, someone tries to push him away because people are like, oh, shit, like, this is a world-class player who's playing for Bradford. Why don't we have him in our team at the, like, at the level at which he was playing before, right? So, I don't know if Christian Eriksen is a long-term stay at Bradford, but if he is, he's somewhere within that second-round era. Yeah, yeah, I'd have to agree with you, Russ. Like, if he can keep that form going, you know, he's middle... Um, end to end of second round I mean it, like being at Brentford is the type of club which is perfect for him for fan tracks because he just literally takes everything and he yeah. has all of that responsibility so he'll just hoover up the ghost points from sets and he'll get you know he'll pick up the assists as well so um, yeah he he will be very very interesting to see what happens and whether he stays there or not 
Yeah, I mean, not much to add from me. Uh, to me, he rivals the likes of JWP in second round. Yeah, agree. I I would love to get him early second round if I can. Um, I don't know. Honestly, maybe end of first round, but that's real wild. That is, and wild. I like making wild picks. Yeah, I like I like doing wild shit, man. Um, all right. So let's move on quickly now to Aston Villa. Under Herrera? Huh? Was that your second round pick? Once? Yeah, it was under, under Herrera. Herrera. Thanks to fucking Jose Mourinho <laughs> when he was starting him like week in week out. Anyways, we, we try not to reflect on such golden times. Um, <laughs> let's move on to... Sanji, are you secret like a United he fan? Definitely. Maybe. I mean, I tipped them to win the league, you know? There you go. I mean, I grew up in a country where Dwight York was basically, you know, an idol, right? And he was a Manchester United player. It's a, a miracle that I didn't end up a Manchester United fan. Thank fuck for that. Everybody was um, that year, though. 1999, <laughs> trouble season. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was. He was. Um... Aston Villa, I kind of just want to quickly look at um, Coutinho and Dinia, the effect that he, they had on the Aston Villa team. Um, so after they kind of came in, uh, Dinia and Coutinho were basically the highest points per game of all outfielders, you know, uh, ousting the likes of John McGinn and Ollie Watkins. Um, Luca Dean led the way with key passes, I'm sure taking corners helped that, right? John McGinn, as always, was consistent. So was Emi Buendia. He kind of maintained that second spot. Um, and then we, if you look at shots attempted, though, Coutinho led the way with 43 of them, ousting Ollie Watkins, who had um, 43 after Coutinho came in. He kind of led the way before Coutinho was there. But what I want to know is, quickly mention the round that you're going to draft either one of these guys. We'll go Ryan, then Robbie, then Ross. Go Coutinho, then Luca Dean. Oof. I... Pretty much avoided Coutinho all season in every format of fantasy. And it's more because his consistency wasn't there, I didn't think. I probably would still avoid him till maybe fourth, fifth round. Uh, Dean is more interesting to me, like you mentioned, the set pieces. But I guess cash is around the same value in my head. And the fact that there are two of them. I also wouldn't go too early on Dean. I have no clue what round. I'll probably put them about about the likes of Trippier as well. So, yeah, that's fair enough. Um, yeah, yeah. Personally, you've got. I think you've got to go with Coutinho. Just about. Um, I think they're going to be very similar in terms of the ranks. Um, somewhere around the end of third, start of fourth, somewhere in the fourth round, something like that. Yeah. Um, so and Robbie, you would be able to kind of like bring back to the Liverpool Coutinho era. So but like when he used to light it up, he used to light it up, but his inconsistencies made you like hate him as like a player on the pitch, regardless of where he was kind of coming in, if he's in that number eight, ten spot, or yeah. if he was coming off as a winger and stuff. And that's my biggest thing against him. But Aston Villa have been pretty active on the transfer market already. True. They signed, they've signed. Um, I can't remember who they signed, Mara. but they they also want to like sign like Gerard wants to sign Suarez. Gerard wants to sign Gerard Moreno. Like you know, like they're obviously kind of like looking to kind of bump up their attacking threat. So does Coutinho fit into that structure? And like they, they made Coutinho a permanent signing as well. So hopefully that's a bit more permanent as well. But like I don't know. For me, it's always that consistency thing. So like I wouldn't like you. 
he can put up the performance of a Rafinha or a JWP or a Christian Eriksen, but he can also put up a performance of like, I don't know, like a Lingard on a bad day or something, right? So, um, or like a Bruno playing with Ronaldo sort of bad yeah. day. So I like, <laughs> I I want to put him as like a fifth rounder, sixth rounder sort of stuff because of that inconsistency. And like, that's just him as a player. Right, that's not anything kind of to do with him yeah. as a, like in a particular style and stuff. He just tends to drop off in like big moments. Yeah, what I don't like about him is it's it's hard to predict when he's going to do it. Yeah. I mean, you saw. I imagine like a few managers would have benched him against City, right, um, in the last game, game week. So, yeah, and he'll tend to do well when um, teams allow him space, and and not when when others don't. So. Um, yeah, it's a sort of, uh, and then obviously there's been a bit of rotation with Ben Deer and and all these things, and it's yeah, it's, it's, there's there's headaches there and risks there which you don't have with Digne, so maybe I have to switch them back around, back around. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd go Digne before Coutinho. Um, I'd go Digne as early as maybe third round pick on set pieces, possible clean sheets if they improve that backline, all that sort of stuff. Um, same points as Robbie mentioned, rotation for Coutinho, inconsistency inconsistency that Ross mentioned as well. Maybe I'm just going to hope somebody grabs Coutinho before me, right? So I don't have to make that tough decision. Um, So yeah. All right, let's move on to Southampton real quick. Um, James Ward-Prowse finished the season 11th overall. Um, Is he still a round two pick? Arguably first round. I mean, the only reason I ask that is because Southampton, there's a chance that they might be fighting for relegation. They have these moments where they look fucking brilliant during a season, but then they look like they're going to concede nine goals every game, right? Um, let's go Ross, Ryan, then Robbie. Where are you drafting JWP? I want to say yes. Yeah, I, w- I want to say him as a second rounder. Basically kind of same as like the Rafinha and the Christian Eriksen is that he's doing everything and like anything for that team taking direct free kicks, taking corners, taking indirect free kicks, you know, pushing the ball up, right? So obviously you're going to see a lot of ability to get points and ability kind of like, even if they don't, might not always translate to uh, goals and assists. I did kind of predict this where I told, um, like when Southampton went up against Liverpool, I was like, maybe not play JWP. And I was like, I was right. He only ended up with like four or three or four points because, you know, maybe against the bigger teams, he's still a big risk which I don't really see much as like a case against uh, Rafinha or Bowen or even like Christian Eriksen. They like, they still show up for their team. So, but yeah, I would say as a consistent second rounder on all set pieces, I would put him kind of in that 11 to like 16 sort of range. So I'm probably going to be the unpopular opinion here, but I am going to say, no, he's not a second round pick for me. Uh, I agree he's on all side pieces for the team that relies on him so heavily. But I guess to me, there were enough mids that kind of got bumped up. So Kulusevsky, Eriksson, um, Zaha even can argue to be a second rounder. Uh, Madison, Barnes to some degree, Saka. That just pushes him down to third round for me. Whereas before, those guys weren't second-rounders. Fair enough. Um, I When I originally put my my ranks together, I, <laughs> I think I, he ended up being like, you know, like, 
you know just like start a second or something but i think as you know as you go through and you rationalize things he he became you know around about pick 18 for me you know anywhere between there and 20 which i think is about right considering he doesn't have the crazy upside um but he's if you drafted him there, there this year you you know you you're laughing really aren't you so mm-hmm. um and I, I don't see you know his performance changing much so um yeah um i'd keep i'd keep him sort of middle ish of second round um, yeah. yeah i'd agree with that 100 middle of second round seems like a safe choice okay um now quick things on everton i just want to mention um not really a discussion or whatever here um but it, it was funny to see that um, when I, I was just looking at DCL in general and the reason I kind of wanted to look at this because for some reason, I think when we were doing our data dump a few pods ago, I noticed like he got 24 aerials or something in one game week DCL, right? So I just looked at like the periods that he had consistent starts, right? which, was, which was game week one to three. Um, he scored 60 points, put up 20 points per game, was ninth for aerials overall. He had 13 of them. Now you looked at, Game week 37 and 38, which was also three games. Um, he scored 51.5 points, scored 17.17 points per game, but was first for aerials with 31 of them. So assuming you have a fit DCL all season, my question is, which round are you going to be drafting him? Uh, we'll go Robbie, Ryan, then Ross. Um, yeah, I mean, if you can assume he's fit, then I think he goes in the second round like he did this season. Um, adding in the factor of, you know, the injury and all this sort of stuff i think probably drops some point in the third round um and i think you're probably looking at value there yeah that sounds about right this is actually quite telling though three start three end and he's pretty much put up about the same points that's crazy yeah yeah yeah, I mean, subjectively, like, avoid Everton at <laughs> all costs, right? Like, I was reading something on Twitter where these Everton fans uh, put up a... Like, they registered a fake coach company to, like, take Liverpool fans across the aisle into Paris. And, like, they did, they never showed up because it's fake. And then they showed a picture, like, they photoshopped a picture of Richarlison kind of driving the coach and stuff. And then... Richardson just tweeted that same picture out just right after the full-time result. So subjectively, avoid all Everton players. <laughs> uh, I'm sure Robbie can agree with me, but I don't know. I think this kind of makes the case against him because I like. I guess he would be kind of trying to gun for that England like squad because of the World Cup. But like, if he like, you know, can you? guarantee if you if you can guarantee someone's fitness and obviously you would kind of pick him but if you can't guarantee someone's fitness this makes the case against him on like you know does he get consistent time and like i think there was a middle bit the middle bit in the season where he was getting consistent game time but wasn't really kind of outperforming and that could just be because of like managerial changes and stuff but i would like you know dcl i feel like you could get a better forward than dcl or even like a higher striking um like attacking like midfielder and stuff or maybe like a fullback uh richardson i wouldn't pick up because of like i just hate him and i would like just like die before i would rather pick him up my team wow gordon is the only one i would <laughs> yeah exactly gordon would be the only one that i would make the case for um just because like i remember when they got smashed by united or something i think that's what it was or city or whoever right gordon still put up like 16 points that game 
and like that like that's enough to kind of cement on like okay like as a late forward pick you know like it's like seven eight round you're looking for like that third forward maybe someone like gordon but yeah that's that's what i have to say on everton okay uh now quickly i want to move on to Leeds' final team we're going to cover here um Let's assume Rafinha leaves, right? Um, he gets poached by like the likes of Real Madrid or Barcelona, right? Uh, what are we going to do with the likes of Bamford and Harrison? Are we going to draft them at all? Um, if we are, who are you going to draft? Like, just pick one out of the two. Uh, let's go Ross, Robbie, then Ryan. Who before Harrison and Bamford? Probably Harrison. Um, but at the same time... I don't know, like, Bamford was very, like, all out of it the whole season. Even when he came back for, like, a couple of games, he was still not in it, right? Very big disappointment for a lot of people who probably would have drafted him, like, third, fourth round-ish, right? Because of his performance in his first season back. And, yeah, so Harrison kind of, like, takes that, yeah, is higher. I, I would rate Harrison a bit higher than Bamford. Also, avoid is an option, guys. I keep forgetting to mention this. <laughs> Robbie, you want to go next? <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, I think you you, you just take... Uh, if Raph leaves, I think you take Harrison first. Um, God knows when I'd want to risk it. <laughs> oh, I didn't include him <laughs> in my top 50. So, um, yeah, Bamford again, even further down. So, it's just... They, yeah, they're like high risk, high potentially high reward um but where do you take that risk i i haven't i haven't thought beyond the top 50 yet so <laughs> i have to leave that one for another day yeah yeah and ryan finally you. i think i had too much invested in leads in the end like they dropped off and i had rafinha and harrison so i'm just gonna avoid <laughs> if if raf leaves i yeah. think leads drop off yeah Agreed. I think I'd avoid if Raf leaves. Uh, I, I don't want that pain. Night of me. All right. Brilliant. Um, those are the teams. Um, so if you've reached this far into the pod, God, fu- I fucking love you. Honestly, <laughs> I really love you. Um, so GG, Sanji and Robbie, bro. Like, it's like what almost. Two yeah, I, I know. Robbie's like falling yeah, asleep there. I'm, I'm surprised he's still I can this, see him like doze off. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I don't know. What, what do you guys want to do now? Um, Robbie, do you want to still run through the notes that you made real, real quick no, no, I, I think before we fine. wrap things off? I think wrap things up, to be honest. God knows what time I'm going to have yeah. to wake up. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Like, do, do you still want to quickly run through yeah. season awards? Just mention them, not discuss them. Just name the yeah. names that we have in the table. Sounds good to me. That should yeah. be quick. All right. So we're probably not going to do your fancy segment, Ross. Sorry about that. Um, with the no. team of the season, I mean, we can record like a. We can do it yeah, off yeah, air. Off air, yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can send Robbie to sleep at least. Um, but okay, let's uh, quickly run through what we want to do. Is mention the biggest flops, um, uh, biggest surprises that we've got categories awards that we want to hand out right so we'll go one at a time um in the order that it's mentioned there so biggest flops for me lukaku for me uh jack grealish furpo sal niguez and varan i just kind of listed off a few yeah i'm gonna go with the ones that were drafted really high and lukaku and sancho (laughs) yeah uh, Lukaku, uh, Jack Grealish, and 
Rashford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good to see that three people had Lukaku. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest surprise. Um, for me, Jared Bourne. Never thought he was going to do this well. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Pinnock, despite seeing the stats from Championship, I didn't think that I would carry into Prem, but it did. And Bowen. Um, yeah, I'd been out of silver getting back to where he where he um, was the season before last. Um, and also my boy, Joel. Legend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, it's uh, Jared Bowen, obviously, and Bukayo Saka after that heartbreak World Cup and all the shit he got on social media. He still came back really strong. Yeah, true. So For sure. Uh, best January signing. I uh, mentioned a few players here. Ericsson, Luca Dina, and maybe Coutinho. Yeah, so I avoided Trippier because Ross raised a good point earlier. And it's when Trips and Target played. Like, Target did outscore, right? And he had a solid performance for Newcastle, I think, towards the end of the season. I, I just wanted to be different because I knew you guys would plug the popular guys. So mm-hmm. Target had a good time with Newcastle, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, maybe a pick to look out for next season. Assuming they don't sign, but yeah, you know, true. money. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think um, Ericsson was probably, you know, up there as a great shot, but also Kulisevsky just absolutely smashed it since he came in. So. Yeah, I, I said Kulisevsky. I didn't put Diaz because I thought one of Ryan or Sanj would have said Diaz and I think Ravi would have said the same. <laughs> I love that bias like, for you, bro. Come on. Of, <laughs> <laughs> because neither of you mentioned Diaz, I'm definitely going to put Diaz. Yeah. But it's Kulu. I was thinking more I think in terms of fantasy. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, best summer signing. Uh, I think the only one for me was Cucurella. Um, Yeah, he was amazing, man, for Brighton. Consistent. Um, he finally got his goal, cried. Um, yeah, it was beautiful to see. Ryan? Uh, Andrews Townsend reborn in the beginning half of the season. Yeah. That was yeah, yeah. insane to see. Uh, Dawson yeah. having to fill in for West Ham when he got there. I think he did amazingly well. Scored so many goals, I remember at least. And Konateo, he just kind of started right in. More pivotal for like non-prem games, but yeah. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean the the main ones, which are sort of the main signings, are put a Cucurella as well. But Damari Gray, you know, for like what was it a mil or two mil? Like, yeah, he had an yeah. incredible season, to be fair. And um, Odegaard as well. He he was technically a, a new signing, and he he did he did um did come good this season um, after a tricky start. So yeah, those are my ones. There there weren't many summer signings were there that really worked out that well. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I have I have Odegaard for sure. I have Dennis from Watford. I thought he had a really good season considering the fact that his team still went down. He averaged, what, le- almost 12 points a game uh, before he got injured. And then Jose Sa was, I think, one of the best goalkeepers um, and definitely kept Wolves that high uh, for sure. So. All right, best out-of-position player. Um, I think uh, Cornet, because he played every fucking position in this fantasy <laughs> game. So, yeah, that that's logical. I put uh, Kulusevsky and I guess Martinelli, because like, they kind of don't play with like a midfielder, at least how Fantrax classifies them. They're more like a forward. But you can grab them in mid. Yeah. Um, 
the ones I put down are sort of ones that certainly Matt Ritchie uh, did a good job for me in the, the first half of the season. But um, these are guys who are cl- classified, and Stuart Dallas as well. These are guys who are classified as mids. And actually, that helped them, even though they were playing in defence, because their teams <laughs> took on a, a bucket load of goals. So, um, yeah, that actually improved their fantasy um, value. So, uh, those are my, my, my picks. I have Trent and Cancelo there because they they play essentially midfielder. And, like, I think Trent was oftentimes, like, playing right beside Robbo, for, especially when he's taking off corners and stuff. But... Uh, Joel Linton, uh, technically midfielder, was classified as forward. And Rafinha often was like left wing or right wing, sorry, but like was actually classified as a midfielder. So Yeah. All right. Best individual performance. Uh, for me, it has to be KDB's four-goal haul. I mean, it only resulted in 44 points, apparently. I, I don't know if that's right or wrong, but it seems wild that, that that's only 44 points. Um, but yeah, regardless of whatever fantasy points he put up, it, it has to be that night. For me, it was Gabby J. I had already dropped him at this point, but like <laughs> that performance, uh, <laughs> it just resonated. It was just like, what the hell? It kept going and going yeah. and going. I think that was like, that has to be the highest I've ever seen anyone put up in like fan tracks. I, I can't remember anything higher and than that. And that was a single game week, right? Like, Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, oh, for me, it's got to be my boy Bobby against Watford, getting his hat trick and an assist for 47 points. Um, sadly, that was the end of him. <laughs> I, mean, I, even, I, I held him as a handcuff for like, Jota and Mane until the end of AFCON, and he did absolutely nothing. Uh, um, so I think he got one assist in, against Brentford, I think. So, yeah, great. But um, but that, that, was a, that was peak Bobby anyway. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it's like a person with no goals or no assists, mm-hmm. but ended up with 32.5 points. Uh, Wilfred Zaha was like, you know, it was a nil-nil that match. So like there's maybe one clean sheet point, but like, yeah, uh, no goals, no assists and had 32 and a half points. Yeah. Big up Mesley for that. Yo. Uh, the one year wonder award. So they were awesome last season, but shit this season. Oh, I have got so many people. I'd like to thank Ollie Watkins for this award. Bamford for this award. Rashford and Emmy Martinez. Everyone loved to draft him so early this season. He absolutely shot the bed. <laughs> Emmy Martinez is a great shot. Mm-hmm. I forgot about him. Uh, I have DCL, but it's really due to the injury more than anything, I guess. Buendia, more so because everybody translated his championship performance into Fantrax points. And like it was off the charts, kind of, right? He did not quite hit that. And Joe Willock, I thought, would have been a bit more involved. Yeah, I think I'm with Sanjay on the Rashford pick, to be honest. I mean, I know he started the season injured, but I mean, come on. (laughs) That is a serious, that's just such a fall from grace, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, For me, it's Jesse Lingard or Messi (laughs) Lingard or formerly Messi (laughs) Lingard uh, to back to J-Ling's. Uh, you know what like barely I it's not really his fault like he didn't really get the game time at United so I'm not really kind of faulting him for it but everyone drafted him because everyone assumed he was going to West Ham and stuff and uh, Chris Wood who we've consistently said is a 10 goal striker 
ended up with what like five goals or something so um definitely and everyone expected him to kind of at least kind of put it up at Newcastle too but didn't really so for me that's a big big like fall from grace especially the last couple of seasons all right the comeback award was shit last season was an absolute beast this season um Robbie your boy Matip your 15th round pick what the fuck like honestly it it blew my mind this guy didn't get injured at all mm. right and yeah i have to give it to him yeah he was insane uh i have bernardo silva more because i was able to pick him up as a free agent because people just didn't expect much i guess um yeah i've gone bowen with this actually cuz i think he really last season i mean i think a lot of people took him in the you know the third round and thought he was going to you know really kick on and he just you know be a sort of mcneil type level or mcneil plus if you will um <laughs> um but yeah so to to come back how how he has done has just been like yeah and gone on to new heights if you will um has been a, been great to see uh, I have Thiago less of a fantasy, more of a his form at Bayern. Mm. Sort of, we definitely saw that. And Martinelli was incredible this season. Has definitely given me like some Liverpool, please sign him sort of vibes. So, <laughs> fingers crossed. All right, the player I was most wrong about. Oh, Lukaku and my fucking hundred dollars. <laughs> I need my money back. I want a refund, mate. Oh, terrible pick. Uh, I also went Lukaku because because of those predictions. I think I had him to win the Golden Boot, and that was just so far from the truth. <laughs> I'm going with my worst draft picks of, uh, of any of the leagues I was in: uh, Barnes and Harrison. <laughs> They're just, yeah, just you know, if you if you drafted them, and you, that first half of the season was just pain. So uh, so yeah, those are my my two picks. <laughs> Um, Sanji gave me a lot of shit for this one, but I actually drafted Hamas <laughs> Rodriguez. In I both still my can't believe you did that. I, yeah, <laughs> I I don't know what I was thinking. Rashford, I thought like would come back strong after his soldier surgery and stuff like that. And Jimenez, I thought he would. He showed his form a couple of times, but like I think Wolves overall were just so shit and. Like Kimi Jimenez was a part of that. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's just large or that's Jimmy, but we'll get into that another episode. All right, and finally, the player I was most right about. I'm gonna have to shout out Ivan Tony. I think I got him like uh, third or fourth round, or maybe even fifth round in in my leagues. Um, finished sixteenth overall. Yeah, and because you were so high on him, I grabbed him around then too, hmm. so that paid off well. Um. I remember we got a question preseason. It was like, if you have fifth or sixth pick in first round, and you have players like Son, Mount, Grealish, and Rafinha available, who would you pick? Mm. And I remember saying, yeah. I'd back Rafinha. And yeah. I did. And only Son outscored him out of those. But Son is also a yeah. forward, right? Like, Rafinha's a mid. Yeah. So I think that one I was fairly accurate about. Yeah. Um, I'll have to call out my uh, pre pre draft <laughs> prediction of Matip being a top ten defender and staying fit all season. Um, he actually was a top five defender and top twenty overall. So uh, and yeah. stayed fit all season and played the majority of the games. So uh, yeah, that's my he's my boy. <laughs> 
the man, yeah. the legend. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get that shirt, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, for me, it's so it's two. So Lukaku, right for the wrong reasons, and Trent right for the right reasons. Lukaku, I was like, okay, like you know, we're we were seeing Lukaku instead of mm-hmm. Lukaku, and then Trent, I got super late. Was first round in both my uh, first pick and before uh, first pick in both my drafts but I got him super late but everyone was like oh he had such a off season last time does he like you know come back and like you know is a top five player overall so I was yeah happy with that awesome. all right sweet well that's it that's everything. That's all we had planned. Well, not all we had planned, but we need to send Robbie <laughs> to bed. Um, it's it's way too fucking late. Um, so if you've stuck with us, thank you so much for listening to everything that we've talked about. Um, we hope that you've had fun this season. Um, I'm going to get quick final roundtable thoughts. Um, Robbie, you have anything final to add? Um, like... I, I know you you want to leave oh, no, it's okay. like that, but... it's okay. um yeah no no cheers for having me back on um much appreciated really enjoyed it if, even if it was after a final defeat um but yeah um had a great time uh in the league with you this season um and hopefully we can meet up for some beers soon and it would be remiss of me to not um mention um obviously my recent uh joining of the draft society and 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 also yep. uh just um, a shout out to um, the guys there and all the draft kit we're putting together for for the start of the season i think um there's going to be some serious content in there and ranks and all sorts and um yeah just encourage everyone to have a look at that and check it out <laughs> Definitely, definitely. You guys are doing some awesome work out there, man. And we need to plan like a London fan tracks meetup. Sure, right? yeah, so definitely. we'll definitely reach out to people about that. Um, Ross and Ryan, quick thoughts, final messages, end of season. Um, for the sake of Robbie's sleep, uh, <laughs> everyone have a great summer, and we will see you back in August. Yeah, I yeah. Think, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I figured Robbie would just post his stuff that he was going to run through anyhow, and. Same thing Ras said, just enjoy the summer, enjoy the time off, come back refreshed, and good to go. Yeah, that's it. Um, Yeah, just have fun, enjoy time with family, enjoy the downtime, all that jazz. Hit us up if you want to chat, we let you know when we're meeting up, and yeah, until next time, Banta Boys, peace out, yo. Peace. Peace!